down and dirty with a pussy on loaded. Got no people skills, but he's doing with motors. That weird thing by his side, an infantilized sequoia. The two of them who walk by, people say, oh, boy. They ask me why I'm bringing a baby into battle that's really irresponsible and getting them rattled. As they give me a break, get over my back, parents. I didn't learn parents, and my daddy was a What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Granny's Peach Tea. This is episode 110, and I do not hassle the hawk, which is why I didn't want to go ahead oh, and no. interrupt his vocals in this song. That's right. We, as anyone who knows this, this show knows, we are staunch supporters of the Hoff. We have unhassled the Hoff successfully, and and as always, our spirit animals return to us to do a song for us. Yeah. So, if you're not aware, this is called Guardians Inferno, and it's featuring it's by the Sleepers, featuring David Hasselhoff, off the soundtrack of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which is our movie of the night, as we count down to Guardians Three. He's got one more time. There we go. And thank you for joining us. If you're joining us on Facebook live stream, you're joining us on YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or if you found your audio only podcast, we always appreciate all the support as always. And as always, during the broadcast, you can support the page by sending us stars. It's a digital gift that helps us earn money. So come hang out and talk some comic book, TV shows, and movies with us. And so we can keep on doing that every single week. Jason, are you praising our Savior? I was going to say that, look, if if Kal-El is not enough to move you to send us stars. And I, I want to tell you a parable from the book of Superman. Uh, Hasselhoff 3714, if the Hoff was listening, he'd be given stars and digital support. And we all want to be like the Hoff. Don't hassle the Hoff. Send some stars and digital gifts. Help us Help us get, get by, guys. Yeah, you never want to hassle the Hoff, trust me. We, we did at one point after oh, no, we covered we... Agents of, I mean, uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. and... It wasn't good, so don't do we, that. We ran afoul of the Hoff, and to, to unhassle the Hoff so I could get in German heaven, which I guess I've abandoned now that I've started the Church of Kal-El, but I had to watch a season <laughs> and a half of, <laughs> of Baywatch Nights. Which is uh, interesting. We'll just leave it at that. It's, it's quite an interesting time. show. That was quite a time. Yes. It, it was very interesting. Was. But but, uh, Ed, while you share the show out tonight, I have a Westeros report for you. Okay. Um, so, he, I, I'm, man, it's a sad night for me. Because I've been obsessed with obsessively consuming two things. The podcast on the Roman Empire and, uh, and, and Game of Thrones. And as of today, Rome has been sacked by the Vandals. The, the, the empire's a mess, and I historically know that it only gets worse from here, so that's depressing. <laughs> but then also, Daenerys Targaryen, my pick, my girl, my pick, uh, for who I wanted to rule the Iron Throne, 
oh man, did oh did, did she did have such a heel turn this season, where she literally feeds innocent people to her dragons to make a point, and then forces one of them to marry her. Oh, it's like. I was so disappointed. I really liked that character. And, and now Tyrion is there. So like my, she's still one of my favorite characters because she's really interesting. And she's got dragons, which again, fan base. There's fucking dragons in every, dragons in every episode. What were you complaining about? But anyway, um, so I, I don't know who I want to take the Iron Throne anymore. I mean, I, I guess Jon Snow... Because uh-huh. who else is there? And I mean, he stepped up for like he's also like recruiting wildlings and trying to unite the barbarians against the White Walkers. So you know he's got some chops, but he's just like, okay, yes, that's our hero. Fine. Like I wanted someone interesting. I don't. I'm really really sad that Daenerys took that heel turn. I really liked her. I think uh, you're speaking for a lot of the people who watched that show because I think we were all. That's why I was so fascinated. Listen to you say that the past couple of weeks because you were you were all of us at that time. Yeah, and I I, I can see I can see that because you had said like yeah you, that's where the fandom was at that, and I thought like is this going to change? No, don't read into what he said. Just watch it. But yeah, I can <laughs> I can imagine. I'm feeling the betrayal that the collective fan base felt when this was airing because <laughs> that's what I feel. I feel betrayed by her. Well, you know I'm not a spoiler guy at all, so I will dance around things, but I'm not going to spoil shit for you. But and I appreciate that. No, I I can't stand it. Like it's when someone does that, I just want to, you know, punch them in the nuts or something like that. Like it's just it's horrible. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You are living it. You are living the experience of of uh, Game of Thrones, my friend. I, I am, I am, and I'm look. It's a wild ride. I'm still enjoying it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm so I'm so and oh and uh, what's her face? The Arya Stark leaves the the Hound to die, which mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's dead. That that motherfucker's got to come back. Um, and she's with that guy who refers to himself in the third person, which this I find kind of ridiculous that he has all these masks. Yes, yes, the man of all uh, many mean, faces or whatever it was. Yes, the man of many faces. I like that guy. I liked him in the second season. Like, ooh, a man has to have honor. A girl. Like, I, I yes. did that, but like, the masks are kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, but he's training Arya Stark, which was cool. And the older Stark sister is married to the the psychopath who, um, who like castrated Theon, who turned him into reek. Um, reek. And then they're they're now like he's starting to snap out of it. Like okay. he's starting to snap out of it because uh, the older Stark sisters around. So I got to see where it's going. But um, I think no. Did, does he kill Brienne? Is that her head at the end of the last episode I watched? No. Or is that someone okay. else's head? I don't remember okay. who said it is. It's definitely not Brienne. It's off there. Okay, because because they set this whole thing up where like um, the Stark girl lights the candle, and that was mm. supposed to tell Brienne to come save her. And then literally the next shot, like um, the psychopath's holding someone's bloody head and you don't get a good shot of it. And I was like, oh, holy, is that supposed to be Brienne? But I'm glad it's not. No, it's it's definitely not. So yeah, she's 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 got more to do. I'll put it that way. Again, not spoiling anything, but she's got more to do. Good. No, no. Good. No, I'm glad because I like that character a lot. This, some, you know, so I find some of the characters are kind of flat, but I find the characters that are rich that I really like 
uh, are really, really rich, like um, Daenerys and uh, Tyrion and uh, Brienne and um, even the Hound, man. I, I, I'm hoping that guy comes back. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to see some uh, interesting cameos because, um, oh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, then there's the dude who was with, um, he was in the friend zone by Daenerys, uh, the older guy. I, I never forget his name. I used to just refer yes. to him as friend zone. He is Bruce Wayne in Titans. Yes. I thought so. I, I, I was looking out for him. Yeah, that's – and he's, like, fighting in the, the, the arena now because she cast him out because yep. she found out that he knew some stuff about her past. But, yeah, and watching that guy in this, I'm like, I see why they cast him as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I I, I just – I still stand by, like, I just didn't – I was kind of taken aback, though, at the older Bruce Wayne that I just wasn't sure if he was an active Batman or not, but – the show has established he's an yeah, active Batman. Yeah. We don't actually see it, so whatever. Yeah, and I and I couldn't see that guy in the bat suit, to be honest. But whatever, I like the yeah. actor. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, cool. So we, we do have a loaded show for us tonight. We got a lot of TV shows to get to, and our movie being Guardians Galaxy Volume Two, as we are super excited for the uh, release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which we'll be seeing on Thursday night uh, in 3D. So we're excited for that. So we do what we usually do and count down the previous movies when we can, if we can cover them already. So, uh, but before we get to that, though, let's knock out our CW shows of the week. And first up, as per let's usual, is Gotham Knights episode six. Um, I, Jason, I, I, before you get started with this, I have one thing to say to this show. One thing. Okay. Fuck you, TV show. Fuck you. <laughs> Joe Chill is like this epic Batman villain? Really? Really? The patron saint of Gotham City's criminals? <laughs> it's like, who am I taking crazy pills? What? Jason, I, I can only imagine this must have pissed you off way more than it pissed me off. It was so stupid. But I, that's what I'm saying. I think you're at the point we're of just laughter. Yeah, we're at a point in this show where I'm just like, what? Like, like it's it was like defiling the corpse of a good friend in, uh, that was in bad taste to the first couple of episodes. But now it's, it's one of those things that's gone on so long. I've grown numb to it. And I'm like, oh, come on now. We, we both are foolish for being here. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we're doing our due diligence because again, that we were sticking to the assignment that we signed up for originally when we started this 110 episodes ago, but this is just, Fucking it's nonsense. Wild. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, yeah. this is nonsense. This, this was not good. This was not good at all. Um, I've stopped taking, even though I'm supposed to like walk us through this shit, I stopped taking notes. The episode is pretty much, um, yeah, J Joe Chill is the patron saint of super villains, and he's going to go on, like, he's he's been on death row for like, a hundred years since he fucking shot the Waynes in that alley. Um, and then he wants Dent to get him 
an audience with the Hayes and Sweet Does, and then um, he tells him, yeah, I actually didn't kill Bruce Wayne's parents. I was set up by the Court of Owls, just like you. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Um, yeah, and so, like, I don't know why we needed Joe Chill in this. I guess it's one of the four characters they the property is letting them use uh, from the books. It was stupid. It was unnecessary. I, I, and then also, like, they they establish this whole thing where if you get a coin, it means the Court of Owls is coming to, is coming to kill you, right? Mm-hmm. And Harvey Dent's rival gets this coin. And Joe Chill gets the coin. It's like Joe Chill gets his coin in his prison, and then all of a sudden, it's like, "All right, we're we're executing you at midnight tomorrow." Okay, that's interesting, right? That's the court of owls pulling fucking strings, and right. But the way that the second guy, the way they pull strings and kill that second guy is they just send the talent to skewer him in his office. Yeah, and the talent does he skewers him with a sword, and then doesn't finish him off like what what was that like it was so stupid i I don't know man i this show is just going into it it, i don't i want to say it's going into like just pure and utter nonsense but it's kind of always been there and i feel like we're getting worse yeah no it's it's it, it's definitely getting worse. So like it, it just it doesn't know what it's doing. It doesn't know what what property it. It doesn't know what show it's making. It's uh, it's like it's like it's so sloppy. Like and again, are they gonna? Is it gonna be now a three episode arc about uh, uncovering the mystery of who tried to kill, you know, that guy? Even though we know it's the Court of Owls, like they did with Bruce Wayne. It's like. I don't know. I don't know where this is going. And I, Rick has laid down a challenge, essentially, to us to see if, when we're done with this one season, because we're expecting that this is only going to get one season, is it gonna, Is it worse than the one season of Gotham that both of us watched? Because we never made it past season one. Uh, I, so far, yes. Okay. So you're, you're so on, you're on yes. team there, there was... worse than it. <clears throat> I'm on team worse because there there were things in Gotham that I found interesting. They were just mishandled. Like I think you and I both agreed that the penguins character was interesting. Um, I liked an exploration of the underworld before supervillains with um, was that Halle Berry or who was the no that was Jada, Jada Pinkett, Pinkett Smith. Who, I, who I thought was the worst character on the show. Actually, second worst because <laughs> I think Jim Gordon is horrendous on that show. Yeah, I know you really hated him. And he again, I that had interesting ideas that that it failed to follow through on. You know, like Jim Gordon being your protagonist and having it be like um a Jim Gordon who's from uh, Batman Year One, that's interesting. But they did shit with it. The penguin before he's the penguin, that's interesting, but they did shit with it. An exploration of you know Gotham's underworld before the super criminals come in, interesting, but they do shit with it. There's nothing interesting here. This is all just hackneyed garbage that doesn't connect at all to the source material and doesn't even try. And and that hackneyed garbage is used terribly. So, like, it, there's nothing here. Yeah, it, it's a chore to get to. 
every every single week. Because I'm I'm like hoping, and I, I've said this a bunch of times on the show before that I want these shows to be good. I want the movies to be good. I would like to like them. I don't want it to sit there wasting and dreading the time that I'm watching these things. Even when we're watching something we know is bad, like when we look back at an old movie and we know it sucks, at least we'll get some laughter out of it, and that's the entertainment we get. There's nothing entertaining about this at all. Zero. No, you can't. You can't even laugh at how bad it is because it takes itself so seriously. Yeah, and like and I, I'm watching this. There's a whole scene where these teenagers, because these these they're effectively high schoolers, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and these teenagers are like doing this, like you know, uh, this mission where they're taking people out, and and I'm like I, again, it's like I. I work with high school students. They don't. They can't do this shit. Get out of here! Like, I'll give you Robin, right? I'll give you Robin because Robin was trained by Batman. Fine. Mm-hmm. None of those other motherfuckers were trained by Batman, and it, I don't care about their thieves. And the Joker was your pops, and Batman adopted you, and whatever. I don't care. That doesn't mean you. And and you're a really smart high school girl like whose dad owns a quiz show or whatever. Like none yeah. of that means you can go out and be the Gotham Knights and be vigilantes and fuck people up who are like superpowered. None of that means that. And it just doesn't make any sense to see these 15 year olds running around doing any of this. No. And the fact that they are getting called the Gotham Knights on the Gotham news a station that we kept keep seeing. I just, yeah. it's, it's a point. Really? So, so I'm also, I was thinking about this too this week. So the death of Batman would not bring Nightwing or Batgirl or anyone back, or none of them existed in this universe. None of them. I'm assuming none of them exist because you're right. I mean, why wouldn't they be there? Why wouldn't the Bat family be there? But like, I'm assuming this is an alternate timeline where instead of you know, getting Dick Grayson and training him to be Robin, he gets this Taylor Hayes kid doesn't. Yeah, and so the first, the I only mean, Robin that existed was of. Carrie Kelly. Yeah, it was Carrie Kelly. Right. Okay. Alright. I, I think, I mean, you. I have nothing to add to this. My phone, oh, actually, I'm trying to get my phone powered back up because it actually croaked on me after we did the song. So my oh, notes, no. are in, notes are in limbo right now, but I think I can wing it. I had nothing else on this episode. It was just, I was very angry at the Joe Schill thing. And the way they were propping him up. Yeah. As this, like, god, like you said, patron saint of supervillains. No. No. Yeah, They actually say that in the in the yes. goddamn episode. And, like, the whole thing about Drusilla being, like, um, uh, I, oh, or whatever. Is that her name, Drusilla? I don't know. Uh, but the Joker's kid being like, you know, get his autograph. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, Joe Jill's the best. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it was, like, it was... I get it. Your dad's a villain, but like, why are you? Why do you have to be a stereotype? Yeah, I just wasn't. And again, it's and what is Duella's purpose on this show? Like, besides, she just got. She's got to remind us that she's the Joker's daughter every once in a while, just to know why she's a character. I mean that's it. I mean, in in the like the big fight at the end of this episode, she doesn't even help them. She just goes fuck that and goes home. Yeah, I. Just, I don't know. It just it, it needs to just it needs to stop already. Just, 
has to stop. CW, please just I, put an end to this. I cannot believe this has not been canceled already. I told you why. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna wait until the end of the last episode and then they're gonna call it. Like, or maybe the night it premieres, we're gonna get, you know, it's it's done upon and, and that's it. There's no way. It's got yeah. destroyed on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't imagine anyone is enjoying this. And again, if you are, good for you. Congratulations. It just it's not what I, yeah, I, mean, I I envy you. Yes. You you are you are a patient saint. Of comic book TV, uh, TV, fans. yes. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's let's get on to it because there was some other cool stuff that we did see this week. Uh, next up is Superman yeah. and Lois, episode six. Jason, I texted you the other day. This was arguably my favorite episode of the series, like any season. I can see that, and I can see it's that. because it's a great episode. It's because of such a great episode. It's what we're here for. Dude, we get Clark Kent, okay, in a support group for yep. people whose spouses and some family members are, are dealing with cancer. They're battling cancer. That's what we get here. That's how humanized yep. this Superman has become. And and not only do we get that, part of like his big conflict in this episode is not fighting anyone it's coming to terms with the fact that Lois could die because he goes to the support group and he's listening to them tell stories about how you have to accept it. And you can tell, and again, this guy is great acting. He does this with his eyes and his face, but he, Clark just goes, fuck no, I'm not about this. And he leaves and doesn't come back. And it's like, that's his, that's his conflict throughout the whole episode is dealing with the fact that he could lose the people he loves. And he doesn't want to come to terms with it. He's trying to avoid it. Like Lois at one point even nope. wants to prepare a will, a living will and things like that. And he's just like, no, we don't need that. We're, we're good. And it had they have a great conversation where she's like, listen, I am, you don't, you're not sick ever. You don't have to deal with any of this, but anybody else, the rest of us can die. Like it, it's definitely possible. Not that he didn't know any of these things, but like, she's just like, you, this is real life now. Like you have to come to terms like this is, part of the deal and she's like you know he's like trying to be supportive and you get that but she's like but there is a chance that i don't come out on the other side of this yeah. and that's that's the and like said. watching watching suit watching clark kent i'm not so not even superman this, this is clark kent watching clark kent wrestle with that moment where he's like but i, I couldn't bear to like when he when he starts to like kind of look at he might lose her and like the range of emotions he has and it's like yeah you know what Cl fucking superman can stop any villain he can stop any he's so powerful he can do anything but he can't stop his wife from getting cancer and he can't stop her from dying from it if that's what's going to happen and this show is tapping into that and i i think again i keep saying it but this is my superman this is i've always found this character to be a fucking bore and this has literally reinvigorated my interest in the character because I'm like, wow, no, you can give him real stakes. You can give his conflicts like real emotional depth, even if he is a super being like this. So you're right. Brilliant episode. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, Superman is dealing with, though, is that he gets he's training Jordan 
can and he's in this like danger room type like to borrow from the x-men is danger room type scenario where he's like battling things in the fortress and uh you know clark is training him and stuff and keeps upping the levels and he does end up finding out something pretty huge because there is a scene later in the episode where superman goes in and does get trapped but we find out that jordan jumps in there to help him and we find out he's not as vulnerable to kryptonite because he's half human which is a big freaking deal that's in this because they do talk about like Clark wants to make sure that he doesn't know his limits. You can't just jump into things and save people and whatnot. And they just found out a huge thing about his limits in this is that kryptonite does not affect him the way that Superman does. That could be that's definitely going to be huge at some point, you know, over the course yeah. of the series. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he could be more powerful than Superman. He could have all of the positives and none of the weaknesses. Yeah, kind of like the blade. Of Krypton. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, th there was another thing in this episode that I thought was, I felt like he was speaking to us directly because we joke about the convenience zone and how characters <laughs> in shows disappear to the convenience zone and they just pull them back out. And one of the characters on this show, because no show seems to be off limits with the convenience zone, is Sophie. Now, Sophie, if you forgot, is oh, yeah. is Lana Lang's other daughter that we don't see very often. This episode addresses it because a lot of the she shows up, she's there, and a lot like Kyle and um and and everyone is shitting on her, and they're telling her to get lost, and she actually does get lost, and she even says it straight out. You know something? Sometimes people forget me. Everyone goes ahead and does this thing. <laughs> and I'm like, he, she's talking to us, Jason. She's talking to us. She, yep. She is. She was like, she might as well have said, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm just putting the convenience zone in this family. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's great. And she, and Jordan, though, I mean, Jonathan Kent show, actually has this whole thing where he's, you know, he's, he's studying with, and then he goes out and talks to her and talks her like kind of down from this. And he even says, oh, I'm in my family. My brother is like really important. So is my father. And sometimes I get forgotten about at times. And I thought it was funny because Sophie's like, oh, wait, your brother's not that important. And then Jordan, Jonathan catches himself as like, yeah, we'll just move on from that. Because I'm not going yeah, to right, give out right. my brother's secrets to like a freaking 10 year old over here. Um, right. But it's a really great scene where they have that. Even though everyone else in the family knows. Exactly. Everyone, like, everywhere essentially knows, but keep the 10 year old safe out of this. <laughs> so I thought that was. But no, I, I agree. Cool. The, the emotional scene was really cool. I liked that conversation that they had. And I, do, you, do you think that they're setting up a romance between uh, Jonathan and uh, the ex? Like, the sister? I forget her name. Uh, damn it. Her name is. Sarah? Sarah, yes, good job. You uh, you saved me this time okay. with it. Yeah, Sarah. Um, I kind of got that impression <laughs> when they were doing the whole studying thing and stuff like that. But I don't know. I mean, they could because it seems like there's a lot of characters that are getting mixed matched this season. You know, yeah. Kyle with Chrissy now, and then we're both of us are waiting for the Lana Lang. 
John Henry Irons thing, which it seems like is on the back burner at the moment. I'm here for it, though. Yeah, I, I think I'm here that, for I, it. I'm so I love that guy, John Henry Irons. He needs to get it on. Yes, he does. He, he, he's been through a lot, man. Um, yeah. But Jonathan also, his storyline picks up before that, where he's getting some ribbing and like some kind of like, you know, um, rookie, you know, and um, bring it onto the, the firehouse by Kyle. They give him a, a, a you know an outfit with some other guy's name on it who used to work there, and he's cleaning the truck and all this other stuff. But John, Jordan, I'm sorry, Jordan has a great line because when he comes back and he gets his own name, right, and it says Lil Kent, and he says, "What are you, the worst rapper in Kansas?" I literally was laughing. Yeah, out loud. that's an awesome line. That literally awesome laughing line. out loud. <laughs> Phenomenal joke right there. Phenomenal. It was it was yeah. great. Um, and then the other thing before we get to like the main thing that's here is so Lana also learns about Chrissy and Kyle's relationship. She feels a certain way about it because I think it was more about she stumbles upon it while Sophie is missing. And I think it was more about yes. the I think it was both things, but I think it was more about the neglecting your daughter thing to kind of go with your right. girlfriend. Right. No, I, I agree. But, but I, I'm going to say this, though, man. I don't I don't necessarily think Kyle's in the wrong here because it's like, you know, it's not like she's three. I mean, what that girl's like, what, 14? I mean, 12? I mean, Jesus Christ. And and Sarah's like 16. Like, I don't know. All I know is I had younger kids. I had younger siblings. And when my mother told me, you stay home and watch your younger siblings, uh, whatever she was doing didn't matter. If one of them left, that was my ass being beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, so I'm just saying, I think that's on Sarah, not Kyle. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the big reveal though we get at the end of the episode is Bruno Mannheim's sidekick with this, you know, sound powers and stuff like that. Yeah, is the woman that's getting treatment next to uh, Lois. And that we've seen a lot of FaceTime there. And I think they're kind of giving him, they're giving Bruno Mannheim a proper human motivation now because it's like, hey, I'm doing this to save you. Which I'm assuming that's probably his wife or his sister or something like that. Because I don't recall them stating who it was, what the connection was. I don't think they said yet. No, so it's probably a wife or a sister or something like that. Lois does have a line which I think might come back and and sort of go and do even more what you're saying about humanizing Mannheim is um, she said to Clark like I know this sounds crazy because it's Mannheim but maybe he's really just trying to cure cancer it's just this in, in this extreme way you know and it's like and I think I kind of hope that's what it is I I really hope that like he's not trying to create super an army of super powered people he's using superpowers to try to cure cancer genuinely with the goal to cure the cancer. Like that I think is super interesting. And I'm hoping they go with that. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting at. I think that's, I think that's what it is. That's what we're going to find out. But of course he takes it to the extreme and super right. villains are being created and yada yada. So that's where he becomes in the wrong. So I don't know. Another, another dynamite episode by Superman and Lois. Keep on keeping on next week. You know, with that, you know, just yep. doing a fantastic job. Um, and that brings us to yeah, The Flash, season nine, episode nine. All right, I, I'm, I'm really, I, this is going to be interesting. 
to me, for me, this was the best episode of the season of The Flash. Pretty low bar. If you've been listening to us, you know our feelings yeah, on this season have not been great. There's so much hand waving that goes on in this episode, and again, I feel like the fourth wall is being broken because the characters are basically acknowledging the hand waving. It's mostly revolving around Oliver Queen and his return. Yes, but I don't care. I don't care. The scenes that he's in with Barry are are phenomenal. I, I'm going to say that I I can I can sum up in one word why you love this episode so much. Nostalgia. Yes, I admit when it. the Flash and totally Arrow was good. Yes, I totally admit it. That's exactly why I like this episode so much. <laughs> Which on that I, I I can see that, but like it's it's not a very good episode on its own merit. Like if you take Oliver Queen out of this episode, you'd be railing against it this week. I totally would be. I would be cursing it to no end. Yeah, there's no question about it. I fully admit it. It's not like a well written episode or anything like that. I don't care. You you gave me you gave you're helping give me closure to a once great Arrow and Flash that I've been yep. searching for. So, and honestly, the blood work return, he comes back, and that's yeah, even a thing where they're kind of like, listen, I escaped from Iron Heights, whatever, I'm here, and I'm like, well, okay, whatever, and then I'm just like, where's, where, where, right, um, where's how Oliver? Come I, how... <laughs> <laughs> where even when Oliver gets there, I can't go see my ex, why? Because I'm only allowed to do things to protect the timeline. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, I don't care. Sure. No, Jason, this scene is literally that whole thing is addressed when he goes when Iris asks him, "How are you back?" and he starts to he's about to go into the expo because he does explain it to Barry, and it's it's goofy, yeah. it's dumb as shit. But Iris is like, you know something, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, she, Iris, you are all of us right now. It doesn't matter. I don't care. She is. It yes. doesn't. Just so, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So just the the short version is yes. Oliver explains that he's got the power of the Spectre. He's basically God now because he's creating a, a brand new multiverse, which is beyond insane. And he only can interfere when the multiverse is being threatened. So that's when he's allowed to kind of temporarily revive himself. And guess what? He meets Barry in the afterlife because Barry gets killed by Wally West, which I actually think that the whole thing was kind of cool. I was actually here for that. Yeah. Where Bloodwork manipulates him and Wally and Barry do have a cool scene where it's just like jealous that and they bring back that whole jealousy thing from when Wally was on the yeah. show when they first met. That was cool. And and it was great to see Wally West. Yes. That's where my nostalgia got hit. And I just saw this guy on Broadway, so that was kind of cool. Nice. That's true. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, so I don't care. And then for whatever reason to fight blood work, Oliver's like, listen, he shows up in his green arrow suit. With the thing and gets the arrow thing back, gets his, and I'm like, listen, it, I don't give a fuck. Let's go. He's and, kicking and ass. Look, and even there. says, let's go kick ass. He even says, let's go kick ass at yep. one point. I'm like, yeah, fine. <laughs> Whatever. I don't give a shit. Diggle no, meets up with him. It, it's, yeah. It's fan service, the episode, and, and yeah, I, I think we were both here for it. I mean, <laughs> It was just like, I think my favorite part of this episode, and it was the part, the scene that I literally said to myself, oh, this is nice. This is them reminding each other that they used to be fantastic. 
fantastic, and they both started this empire that's now crumbling, um, is when uh, Arrow is like, you know, Flash, you've done so much for people, you've saved so many lives, you've you've gone on for nine seasons, which is something that only Arrow has done on this show, and, and you know, Barry goes, yeah, but I never would have done it without you, without you paving the way with those first three good seasons of Arrow, the Flash never would have gotten greenlit. Like, I'm, of course, filling in a lot of stuff, but that's the gist of the conversation. Like they're kind of just be like, hey, remember when we were both awesome and we helped each other be awesome? <laughs> yes, and that's why I'm here for it. I don't care. I was like, yeah. yes, there, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking, <laughs> whether it was intentional or not. That's it was. I was there for that. And then of course we get <laughs> yeah, the line of when he shoots when he shoots blood work with the arrow, and it's like you failed this city. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I don't fucking care. It doesn't make sense at all and, and, and look talk about not making sense why the fuck is blood work there why is that the villain they decide to bring back on the arrow episode who the fuck is blood work he was a villain for half a, the half of a half a season right like, yes i don't know man I, I i don't know why he's there it's whatever they needed a villain of the week to fight and it happens yeah blood works blood work is back because he's going to use wally west because Wally West apparently is trying to spread his consciousness all over and find enlightenment. And he thinks he's going ahead and, and going through different timelines, but it's really the multiverse. And Bloodwork wants to spread himself throughout the multiverse. So he's like, I'm going to go ahead and get a hold of uh, Wally West and I'm going to go ahead and spread myself through there. But no, that gets nixed in the ass by, by Green Arrow shooting a fucking glowing arrow, essentially, into the multiverse and just ending that shit and that's it. Whatever. I don't care. I, w I thought it was cool that Diggle and Barry both got to say proper goodbyes to Oliver because he had to go yeah. back and seeing them have a beer in the post credit scene. Fine. Whatever. Nice. It, it didn't matter. It, it, it was nice. And that's that. You're right. It's nostalgia the episode and yeah. I don't care. I'll fully admit it. Yeah, that's it. So, if you if you I mean, missed if you I missed Oliver most... Queen like I have, then yes, then then you should definitely check this out. And I'm going to say a, another reason this is uh, one of the best episodes of the season. Uh, I don't actually think there was any Chester Allegra shit. Um, like we nothing that it was extremely brief, but it didn't matter. It was very brief. right, like it was the, it was like there was so much stuff, other stuff, so many other things going on. And yeah. is it is it Keon who like saves everyone? Yes, that's right. Keon goes ahead and saves the day because and Oliver it literally explains her powers in like two lines. He is like, Yeah, you're connected to like everything, to life force and things like that. So you can do that. The thing, the question we've been pondering for episodes now, Oliver's like, Yeah, he just I'm just gonna drop this here and get out of here. I'm dead. Because he's God. Yeah, he's essentially a god. Of this, of this, I mean, he's, he's of the Arrowverse. The, he's Jesus Christ of the Arrowverse. Like he's died and and gone, you know, and then resurrected in this episode, and then died again for our sins in in the Flash. So, you know, yes. yeah. Pontius Pilate, you have failed your city. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, I don't know. Entertaining at least, and I found that. So any trailer for next week? 
They're counting it down now. There are four more episodes of The Flash. I thought there was one. All right. So, yeah, we got four. So, you know, let's see what they do with it. I'm still disappointed there hasn't been an arc. Like, this show is traditional worked best when it had a season arc it started to fall apart when they stopped doing the season arc and mm-hmm. well now they're not doing the season arc in this last season then we see where we are so i mean i don't know I, I hope i hope the last four seasons the last four episodes have an arc i mean i i want this to end well or strongly or i'd like not to shit all over these last four episodes great but i in the trailer too for next week we get og thong so that I'm excited about. I don't even, and I don't care why he's back. Just the fact that he's back. Jason, you know and my love for for Thawne. I know, I know, I I'm know. He, he's like he's Flash. one of he's your Doctor Doom, isn't he? Like he's like your ride or die villain. <laughs> Dude, before we started this podcast, I wouldn't have known that. And I think over time, <laughs> at least for the Arrowverse, he's my Doctor Doom. I can see that, and, and that the actor they get to play him is fantastic, and and then the fact that sometimes it's the guy who plays Wells who's also a great actor. So it's like any incarnation of Thawne we get on the Flash, it's like, oh, this is great. No matter who you get to play him, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I think I've had so much fun with with that. Uh, all right, so let me go ahead and uh, we can keep it moving here, and we will move on to Titans. Season four, episode dun, dun, ten. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I love that opening. I don't skip it. I do too. I yeah, do too. I love this show. Yeah, so do I. I'm, I am genuinely sad that this is this one's going away. It's not like some of the other ones where like these just end or just end decent with some decency. Um, no, no. All like, right. So- usually we're going. Oh yeah, just like please, like end. This used to be good. You've got nothing left in you. And, and with this, I'm kind of like, we we got another season. We could have got another solid season at least out of this show. At least. Yeah. Um, Jason, were you were you frustrated with the continuing? Like they danced and flipped and name didn't name drop Constantine, but yet. Dance their way around the saying the word of Constantine in this episode. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm just. I just want to see Constantine. I just. I want to see. Yeah, it was frustrating, and I just want to see. I want to see this fucking Constantine. I don't even care who's playing him at this point. I just want to see what the Titans do with Constantine, and they name drop him, and then they don't name drop him, and they forget about him, and they dance around him, and it's like, what are they doing? Like, I mean, obviously they're trying to do what they're doing to me, which is get me excited for Constantine. But like, oh, that's what I have to say about that. Ah, oh. yeah, we we're waiting for Constantine, and also we did say in the beginning of the season we thought since they've been in Metropolis this entire time that we're we thought we're supposed to be getting a Superman. I I've been wanting a Superman at some point, even though I've kind of forgot that we're I in hope Metropolis. So, especially- I hope so, yeah, well, it's less and less important as we get more yeah. into the Brother Blood stuff. Um, but I'm hoping we get Superman too, especially now that we know this is the last season. It's like, yeah, I mean, you gave us you even if you don't give us a Superman, give us a give us a, a Clark Kent, give us a Kal El. You know, I mean, yeah, do do what you did with Batman, just like give us a non super powered version to kind of wet our beaks with. You know, it's the last season, man. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. All right. 
So pretty much the basis of the episode is uh, so Connor goes ahead and Connor uh, now we, we get a business card that says Connor Luther. So he's gone beyond the head shaving and everything and he has Mercy at his side helping him out. So he's like really embracing this whole Lex Luthor shit. He's running LexCorp and he decides let me play on Sebastian's insecurities who wanted to release a video game a while ago and I'm going to get him under my wing. And after, by the way, Sebastian I knew she wasn't dead. She he temporarily kills his yeah. mother. But he he thinks she's dead, right? Like yes, he doesn't realize she's that she's coming back. Yeah. No. Yeah, he goes ahead and kills her in this whole thing of like they're having this conversation. She's like, listen, blow the horn, bring Triton uh Triton back. And he's like, No, I got power, don't worry about it. She's like, dude, you're shit. You are shit without him, so let's just get it on with and let's go. And he gets pissed off and pretty much sets her on fire. And that, that kills her for most of the episode, except for the ending where we find out she sits up out of a body bag and she's she's back because you know, there's no way they're killing her off like that. No. Um, no, there's, there's no. way more to go. Yeah. Um, but... Connor goes ahead and says, hey, join LexCorp. I'm going to help you produce your video game. And I'm assuming this is part of this grand plan that he has that Lex is manipulating him from beyond the grave with. And the video game gets released. And he goes ahead and puts some sort of a hex on it. And people start going into comas that are playing this damn game. Okay? And one of them is yeah, Benjamin. It kills. From, uh, yeah. Did, now, is Benjamin in a coma or did it kill him? I thought it killed him. He's, he's just no, in a he's coma. In a coma. He's in a coma. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's in a coma. Um, so that's that's kind of where, where that goes, and it's going throughout the world. But then I think one of the interesting things, I'm curious to get your take on this. So there's a scene where Connor and Sebastian are having this conversation about what's going on, and Connor's like appalled that what Sebastian is doing with this video game, and he knows he can take him out, and he's not. But then he helps the Titans break through the firewall of LexCorp because they're trying to get in on the other side. So who was manipulating who here? Was Connor manipulating uh, Sebastian? Or Sebastian manipulating Connor to get his whole grand scheme evil video game out there? And is Connor working with the Titans? Or is he? are they just an ends to the mean right now? I mean, he, he was my take on it. Like, I definitely think that Sebastian manipulated Connor um, because uh -huh. Connor seemed genuinely surprised when Sebastian is like, oh, by the way, I put that spell in there. Yeah, this, and then Sebastian starts to like, like really assert his dominance, which makes sense because Superboy is um, like uh, has a thing about magic, right? And we've already established that. Yeah. And so I, my thought was, was that Superboy knows he can't take him down because by killing him he kills um what's her face uh his sister why am i, am I blanking on her name because i really like that character but uh the the daughter of Trigon, she's raven. part of the teen titans raven that's raven. It. um because they, they're connected so like that's what i think he he superboy was thinking i'm going to give him this opportunity i'm going to distract him I'm having my I'm having Mercy figure out a way to kill him and destroy that horn, which they do set up in, in the texts. And yeah. then, you know, he kind of turns the tables and, and then 
uh, Superboy is like, oh shit, I can't let this continue, but I can't physically stop him. So I'm going to help the Titans now. Um, so yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's officially working with the Titans. I think he's broken away from them. Um, but I definitely think it's being set up that he's going to be back with them. You know, like, I think this is a phase. Oh yeah. And no, I agree with you. I think this is totally a phase, but at the end of this, he'll be back as, uh, you know, Connor Kent and that'll be that. But I also didn't think there was any way he was going to destroy the horn because again, the whole susceptible <clears throat> to magic Superman thing that he's, yeah. Yeah. So that 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 was definitely not going to go down, but yeah, I think there was definitely manipulating on both sides going on here, and I thought it was actually well written the way it was there because it does kind of keep you guessing for a second about who's manipulating who. Yeah, that. no, I agree. I mean, because they're both manipulating each other, and they're both playing a game of chess against each other, and they're both well. Well, I think Connor is really because of his newfound Luther arrogance. I think he thinks now nah, I got this hasty. This isn't even a problem. But Sebastian outmaneuvers him, and I find that very interesting. And I think, and, and this episode, like I actually have felt uh, empathy and even sympathy for Sebastian up until now, up until this episode. But yeah. like, no, nah, he he was free. He could have just put this game out, and it could have been great, and it probably would have been. And he could have just, you know, made money, and that's it. He wouldn't have to do. But but he kind of, you know, he he lets that insecurity get to him, and he says the Metrioth Trigon words to get the powers and you know that's when he comes back in and you know the the next thing we see is him putting in there so I really fucking lost a lot of empathy for him in this episode because it's like ah now at this point you you've embraced your villainhood yeah this was when he like officially stamped his villain card to move forward yeah um but yeah, you had mentioned his villain card. <laughs> he's like now I'm in I can join the Legion of Doom now um, so right. <laughs> the, the, the thing you had mentioned too is that, yeah, there was the connection with Raven and Sebastian that was established in the previous episodes, but they try to sever that, and that's where the Constantine thing comes in. Dick is there helping Raven, yeah, and up battling this like vampire looking dude, and it basically is severing the ties so they can take out Sebastian now without killing Raven. So that's kind of cool, still give us Constantine. The other thing that we were here for is it also picks up where Gar is now stuck in the red and he's there with the Doom Patrol because at the end of the last episode he meets Cyborg for the first time and then, you know, Cliff is in this episode, Robot Man, so is Negative Man Loved and it. they Loved pull uh, yeah, and they pull Starfire in and they're all stuck in the red they're playing tennis at one point but Jason, this episode to me it establishes that Doom this Doom Patrol is not the same Doom Patrol from their series. Because Cyborg completely I, has his was, powers. That's what I was going to ask you about. Like, at, Is this a different universe? Or is this a different time period in the like in Doom Patrol? Like, has this happened already? Are they, have, has this in our Doom Patrol universe? Has this already happened? Like that's what I was confused about. Because you're right, Cyborg has his stuff. No one's talking about end of the world whereasses. I mean, we don't even have Crazy Jane there. Like some some of the um, some of the Doom Patrol is, isn't even there. And I don't know is that significant or is that just because you know we can't have all the Doom Patrol there? Like, um, do they even know? Uh, 
lady, whatever her name is, the time traveler. Yeah, like that that kind of confused me of like where are we in the Doom Patrol here? So I think the, there's two answers to this. There's one, uh, you're right, this is a different universe or a different earth, and that's where this is happening on, but they just happen to get the same characters to play both, which is fine. You can do that. Like the multiverse has been well established in movies and TV yeah. shows and comic book stuff now. So that can, that, that checks out. Um, I think our big answer will be when Doom Patrol returns for their finale and their last episodes, do they acknowledge this or not? If this never gets acknowledged on their end, then yeah. I think it, it definitely asserts the fact that this is on its own thing and that's it. And that's fine. It yeah. doesn't have to be, but oh yeah, no, it, it's fine. It's just, it's just confusing to me only because like Doom Patrol literally gets introduced and then starts as a show from Titans. You know what I mean? So like I oh I was going along on the assumption that they were running on in the same this same universe. Um although you know maybe it's in the future. Maybe like if in the last episode we see Gar or something like that. It, it, and there's a, a you know a fold over. So you know I guess for me I'm gonna I'm confused but I won't talk about my confusion until I see how everything ends, and then we, I guess we can talk about how our feelings about how it fits in together. Yeah. And again, if they don't acknowledge it to me, it's just like, hey, guess what? Whatever. You guys decided this was a different universe at some point. Probably because the writers on both shows were like, fuck it, we don't want to have to keep on acknowledging back and forth, so screw it. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I would, like, I would prefer there to be some sort of like final answer this at some point um yeah there was but i'm glad we do get cliff in this because cliff is there and they they're playing this tennis match and they have this random cliff conversation about listen we've never established this to see but do any of you guys have working penises at some point referring to cyborg (laughs) i would throw those letters and i had i had to say that as i watched that i thought see these are the hard-hitting questions that we try to cover here on Grannies. That <laughs> Two, Cliff does Cyborg have working genitalia? Right? Yes. But Cliff brought it up for us, and that's why Brendan Fraser, my boy, thank you. <laughs> uh, and did you also think that there was a bit of tension with Cyborg and Starfire? I was kind of getting that. After she punches bit, him in the face? Yeah, because he... Yep, I mean, uh, maybe. I mean, look, Starfire likes to get it on. We know yeah. actually Vic does have working genitalia because he already has gotten it on in one of the four seasons. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, I don't know, man, though. They'll mess around, though, because, I mean, from everything we're led to leave, Dick and, and Starfire, they're the ones who end up again together. And they, they're kind of like, I guess we to you know jump into our Guardians of the Galaxy. They are the Quill and Gamora of Titans. Like it's an uns- even though it's not a totally unspoken thing because in season one they got it on. They flat out did. Well, they got and it. And apparently on. there was more to it though. I you know what though I'm willing to bet that they're the kind of people that even when they get together and they have their big this is the romance, they're going to have an open relationship. They both, oh. they both like sex with other people too much. I mean, come on. 
Dick Grayson's gonna uh, gonna sleep with three more women and maybe a guy before he, the end of this <laughs> the end of this show where him and Starfire are together and Starfire's gonna do the same thing. So, uh, all right. Um, so I guess that kind of brings us to our brings us to our movie of the week. Then, um, as we right. are counting down to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three dropping next week, which we'll be covering then, we are we went back and we knocked out Guardians too. So. I was telling Jason before we started this evening, and I said this on other episodes, that I wasn't, for a while, my recollection of Guardians 2 was, I was kind of pushing it down my MCU rankings. This movie's pretty fucking awesome. It, it really is. It's yes, much it is. more, the emotional aspect of this film was way heavier than I remember it being. It, it just, it, it really was. Yep. And it, it, it hit harder. There's a lot going on here. It's a very smart movie. Yeah. It, it hit harder for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I always... I always feel that people sleep on this movie on their MCU rankings. And I think it's just because it, it came out in a time where there was so much going on in the MCU. And, you know, there's Thanos and there's this and there's that. And I think a lot of us think about... A lot, well, a lot of... I don't do this, but a lot of people, a lot of fans think about this as like, okay, well, this is the, you know, this is the movie that explains who Nebula is and why she's doing what she's doing or the Guardians doing what they're doing when we get to Infinity War. But like, you know, this movie in and of itself, just as a movie, is, I would say, just as good as the first one. And there are some parts about it I like even more than the first one. I, I still will hold the first one in higher regard. But not as much as I did prior to this viewing. I genuinely really enjoyed the hell out of this this time around, and I and I did the first time I saw it. I don't know. I just feel like it was it was a weird thing. But but the focus on family in this movie, especially obviously between Peter and Ego, and we find out that that's mm -hmm. his father, and then obviously he flips out and finding out that he's the one who gave, uh, you know, Ego went ahead and reveals his master plan. It's like, hey, I'm the one who gave your mother the cancer. And then we've seen Peter flip out in Infinity War. And then this was before that. So it does set the tone that Peter kind of has a short fuse, especially when you mess with someone that he loves. And that's, that, yeah, when you mess with Peter's loved one, forget it. He's going to fucking mm -hmm. snap and he will blow holes through you like he does the ego. He turns him into Swiss cheese right there. Like instantly. Ooh, and yeah, breaks that whole like, mind thought. he's going through. Yeah. So I, I, it does check out his character arc in Infinity War. Like it reinforced it a lot to me. Like, yeah, you know something that does add up to me that he would react like that when he finds out that Thanos fucking sacrificed Gamora to get souls. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like you know, it's like losing his mother again. Not that she's his mother, but like he's yeah. reliving losing the person he cares about the most, and. Mm -hmm. That's become that becomes Gamora. Yeah, and speaking um, and you're of right, Gamora, they, they set it up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, we, we're dealing with a little bit of a delay. There's a lot of rain in New York and shit. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So sorry, guys. the whole thing with Gamora and Nebula in this movie, pretty heavy. Also, like Nebula's just like, listen, man, mm -hmm. I get it. You're like the killer of the of the universe and you're the most feared woman and stuff like that but Thanos put me shit because I put me through so much shit because of you which is what because you just wanted when, to win and she's like I just want a sister yeah and we 
you find out, Nebula says every time, like Thanos would pit me against Gamora and I would always lose. And every time Gamora won, he'd replace one of my body parts with a robotic enhancement or something. And it's like, holy shit, of course she hates Gamora because like she's blaming Gamora for the, like, this is like classic, like, you know, two siblings are in, have an abusive dad or an abusive mother and they hate each other and blame each other because of the manipulation the abusive parent puts in. You know what I mean? It's like, see, yeah, I mean, this really does deal with some heavy themes. Yeah, and that's the thing I didn't, I guess I didn't recall about this. And it, it just, again, everything, all these super heavy themes hit a lot harder this time. Um, but we also do have a guest who... At a special request to want to join on, join us on this episode to specifically talk about Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, you've seen him before on Pop Culture Pros a bunch of times here. We got Jader. Jader, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, hey, guys? Here. Sorry, man. How's it going, boys? Good, man. Good. Yourself? I'm good, man. Good, it's good. not I I'm doing it through the phone because I don't know why it's not it's not working on, on my uh on my laptop, man. That's why it took me a while to jump on. Okay. So I'm still trying to figure this out and I saw you guys started talking, I'm like, fuck. But uh yeah, dude. How are you guys, man? We're good, man. We're good. It's it's been a minute. Yeah, man, it has been. It has been. Uh but I saw you boys last week doing uh covering uh covering uh part one and i was like i i forgot what i had i think i was going to dinner with my mom when i thought the show started and i almost bailed <laughs> just to just to talk some gardens wow um so yeah today when i saw that you guys were on i was like yeah there's no way i'm missing tonight's show man i like i canceled everything i was supposed to uh, go out with my brother and i was like dude nice. we'll do this shit another day okay but uh but yeah dude um well thanks for being here no anytime man thank you I, it's always a pleasure jumping on with you boys man so absolutely it's great to have you um so i mean i guess yeah we were just kind of going with the heavy themes of the movie but i guess you want to share your overall thoughts on guardians of the galaxy volume 2 because you definitely feel a a certain way about it i do you remember that do you remember how i felt about the movie uh i'm gonna i i mean i don't recall the specifics but it's I mean, you really went out of your way. You're like, listen, man, I got to talk about this thing. So, is this your favorite MCU franchise? Is this the screen it's, it's, for you it's, on this? <laughs> let me tell you, man. It's it's up. It wasn't. So I'll tell you that. Um, I feel that Volume One is again, I top five. It could even be top three for me, to be completely honest with you. That's how much I love that first film. This movie, I did not like. Um, My first viewing. Upon first viewing. Okay. So, and my second viewing was just two weeks ago. Wow. Yes. So you really so, pushed it away. From yeah. I, okay. It's one of those that I didn't care to, uh, to revisit, to be completely honest with you. It, it, it's one of those movies that um, I kind of knew the gist. I knew what happened. It, 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 I will give it that it, with one viewing, I pretty much remember, you know, a lot of it. Uh, so I was. It was one of those that I would just when I would have to do a rewatch, um, and quite frankly, I mean, we haven't really, you know, we've been waiting. It's been six years since this movie came out. Now, finally, six years later, we're getting Volume Three with the whole James Bond. Oh, uh, James Bond! Listen to me. Look at that. <laughs> uh, the whole James Bond. Um, you know the tweets and all that. You know all the shit that went down. We part. A lot of us didn't think we were ever going to get this film for a while until you know. Everything settled down and everything was all right again. Um, but I wouldn't want anybody else 
taking care of these characters, to be honest. These are characters that, you know, so obscure um, in Marvel, and this guy brought them to life, and kind of unanimously, without anybody knowing who the Guardians were, um, unanimously, everybody instantly fell in love with them with that first film. He did such a great job with that first movie that um, I feel like this movie was one of the first that I feel everybody was like, I cannot wait for volume two to come out. Right. Mm -hmm. Everyone was just on that guardian's tip because the first one did so well, the soundtrack. I I know you guys spoke about it already, but it's just one of those films that it's near perfect for me um, in every aspect. You know, it was, you know, it had drama. It starts off, you know, really strong with the uh, death of, um, of uh, Quill's mom. And then right immediately after that, as, as sad as that is, you have him, you know, kind of like that Indiana Jones feel, um, him, him, uh, you know, grabbing the power stone, not knowing obviously what it was, but doing all that and you're cracking up, you're listening to music. You, you know, I remember just bobbing my head the whole time with that soundtrack. Then you get introduced to a talking tree and a raccoon, you know, just, it was one of the first, I think the first MCU um, film that actually included Thanos for a minute. Right, because I know you had him before, but I think this is the first time that he was in the actual film, not a post credit. It was the first Josh Brolin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like official Thanos we got. So yeah, so um, it just had so much going for it, and then the hype level for me, at least, right when this when the uh, the sequel was coming out, I um, and we had Winter Soldier and Guardians back to back. Twenty fourteen was a great year, and those are in my top five. Those two. Um, so I walk into the movie, I see Guardians 2, and I walked out really disappointed. Very disappointed in the film to the point where I kind of didn't say, I didn't say that I hated it, but I was so disappointed that I just never cared to watch it again. Um, fast forward to, I want to say about a, less than a month for sure. Um, obviously, you know, Guardians is coming up. And... I'm like, I got to rewatch these films. So I did the first one and I was dreading going back to the second one. And I, uh, I watched it and it ended. And I'm like, why didn't I like this movie the first time that I watched it? Like, what was wrong with me? What? I text Kyle immediately because this is his favorite franchise and he protects this movie at all costs. Right. And I texted him. It was really late, too. So it was probably like 1 a.m. your time. I finished it like around midnight. But Kyle's a night owl. So I texted him and he responded almost immediately. And I'm like, dude, I just saw I just finished watching Guardians 2 again. And I get it. That's what I wrote to him. I'm like, I get it. And he's like, dude, what changed? And I honestly don't. I remember the movie the first time I saw it. Um, kind of didn't know where it was going. Okay. Right. I felt like we were an hour in and I'm like, what is this movie about? What, what are we doing here? You know, so that was my main thing about that movie where I'm like, I I just didn't. I felt like it took too long to get where we were going. And um, I felt like every character was kind of pushed aside except for Star Lord. This could have been a solo Star Wars, a Star Wars, a solo Star Lord film, you know, mm-hmm. um, at least that's how I saw it for a long time. But then at the end of it, I kind of just understood that it was a it is a family film like essentially it's a very very uh uh family-centered film 
And I just didn't catch that the first time. Mind you, I was already a dad when that came out, um, you know, but it hit me so much more now, um, especially since I'm, I'm not living with my kid in the same state as my kids right now. Um, so being away for them has taken kind of like a, a toll on me. Like I miss them like crazy. Right. Um, and watching them, it just made me miss them even more where I'm like, holy shit. Like, like, okay, this is what gun wanted me to see the first time. I just, never got around to it um but yeah i still feel like the film is a little disjointed um i feel like it it it, it just does kind of like random things at once but i think you know i'm getting ahead of myself but this is one of my well what, on my notes i wrote that it's easily one of my favorite openings to a film uh <laughs> when they're when they're when they're when you have you know mr blue sky playing yeah um and Baby Groot, you know, they, they milked the shit out of Baby Groot. They knew what they were doing with that cute little bastard, man. Like, it, it was just the most adorable thing ever. Um, but fast forward the beginning. So I was locked in in the beginning, and then it kind of lost me in the middle. And But I think this third act is phenomenal. Phenomenal third act. But, uh, well, well, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously carrying on like I usually do. So, but uh, overall, yeah, I just, I just really, really appreciate it. And we'll get more into detail now. But I, I loved it, loved it where I'm like, man, like, I, I don't know why. Like, it's one of those that I kind of want to revisit again right before I go see Volume 3. Wow. Um, I'll, prob I'll probably watch it again this week uh, right before I, I check out Volume 3. Because I, I, I don't know why. I'm like, I feel like I, I owe it now. Like, I need to do these catch-ups because, you know, it is overall a, uh, a good film that I feel a lot of people come around to it, too, because I've seen a lot of reviews I remember it, it, it didn't get such hot reviews. It wasn't great, but it, it wasn't terrible. It was right in the middle. A lot of people were like, you know, it's missing something. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like upon rewatches, people tend to turn around and really, really actually like the, uh, the movie more than they did when they first released. I feel like it's one of those things that with time, um, it, got, it, 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 it won a lot of hearts. Yeah, so it, it sounds like me and you both had kind of similar reactions upon rewatches because... I remember before I saw this earlier today, I saw it like twice. I saw it in a theater and then that was kind of it and I didn't watch it again. And yeah. I kind of felt the same way you did. My recollection of it was, oh, yeah, it was the milking of Baby Groot. There was a lot of quill. There was a lot of ego. And yeah. I remember Drax was kind of funny at times and that was it. And I, that's all I remembered. But like, yeah. I, I, think I, still, I, I think I still have it sealed. Cause I bought I bought the wow. Steelbook, okay. but I think I I never opened it because I just I always I just collected the Marvel Steelbooks. Yeah, um, me too. And I yeah, and it's it's one of those where I I didn't I don't think I even opened it. Um, I opened, I opened it. it I, always, now. I always reclaim the digital copies. That's so I'm yeah, that's what I did, and it still worked for me by the <laughs> oh, way because nice. I, I I reclaimed the digital and I'm like let me let me uh, let me do that now. But yeah, it was still sealed, and I was like holy shit, yeah. So Jason is the only one out of the See, three of us who. Was whole waving this flag and carrying the flag since yeah. the reaction. <laughs> yeah, so talk, I saw this talk theater, about that, man. This might be the first MCU movie that we saw together. I, I think this is the movie that I that you just started buying me tickets for. Like, I think you yeah. reached out to me for this one because I know we saw it together. And I think after this, this is what started us way before we did this show, us seeing these movies together. Um, and I remember sitting there watching. 
this because I love that first one. And I, I talked last week about how James Gunn drew a lot of influence from my favorite show of all time, a show called Farscape. And um, the star of that show is in this movie. He is the 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 gold guy who's leading the the attack, like oh, the the Sarah. gold man. Yeah, yeah, that's him. So yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So James Gunn is acknowledging, like, yeah, no, I I took from this show. We're gonna put these cast members in there. So I love that. Um, this movie had me from that opening. Jada was talking about that opening. As much as I hate. Like, you know how I hate soulless cash grabs and milking things. And <laughs> I probably should have hated Baby Groot as a soulless cash grab, but the opening of this movie made me love it so much because there's this insane action going on where they're fighting this, like, space alien creature. But that is all in the background. That is sec of secondary importance to Groot trying to get the music going because it's important that we have cool music to fight to. And it's just a fun idea that, no, this isn't the soundtrack. This is actual diegetic music that everyone can hear, right? I think diegetic is that everyone can hear it, uh, yeah. if I'm getting my terms correct. But, uh, but this is music that everyone is listening to as they go to this fight. And all this crazy shit's going on in the background, and you... We, we don't we're not privy to what's going on there until the end because the the key moment is the music and I don't know I just that that sold me that that drew me in I loved ego like if you went back and told 13 year old me there's gonna be ego in a movie I would have smacked you for lying to me I'd be like Fuck yeah, you, don't, like, don't tease me like no that. but here we go we got ego um yeah and he's actually a planet but he's also Kurt Russell who's awesome. And I love Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Right I right love right. me my Kurt Russell essence that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so uh, I love the introduction of Mantis. I think Drax is more humanized with her, like them putting them together. I love the sibling stuff between Gamora and Nebula. I love the whole like the message of this movie is it is not the family that you were born into that matters. It's the family you forge and the guardians are a forged family. Yondu was a forged family. And like, and I, I saw all that in my first run because again, I just love, I love these types of movies. So yeah, I have been fucking screaming about how great this movie is since I saw it in the theater. You were right, Jason. I will admit it. It's fine. You were right. I, I have no problem admitting <laughs> when I'm wrong. I was definitely wrong on this one. This, yeah, you're right. It's the, and I don't know if it's it's hitting me this time around too. It's because I mean, you know, I had lost my father a few years ago, and that's kind of like the whole connection is there. And with him and with Peter and Yondu, and then Ego and dealing with that and that whole line of you know he may be your father, but I'm your daddy. I was like, wow, yep. this is this is this is heavy shit here, man. And Yondu's. You, do you I'm sorry to interrupt, man. Do you just mind if I? I'm gonna get off very quick. I think it's gonna start working on the on the laptop. I'll oh yeah, later. sure, good. We'll bring it right back. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. So, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's maybe that has something to do with it and why it is, or because I'm rewatching it now and I'm like, oh wait, I have to be critical of this because now we're doing a podcast, so right. I have to like be a bit more tuned in. It's maybe a. I'll say it's a combination of both, but you're right. You've said it perfectly, Jason. Like this movie is about the family you forge, and maybe not necessarily the one you're born into. And it's all over the place. And some of the things here, like I, over time, I've seen MCU fans knocking Gamora's 
you know, the way she's perceived in these movies of not being the most dangerous woman, she's feared. Gamora is feared. You can see yeah, that. You don't dangerous. see her constantly murdering people because that would just be insane. But the battle she has with, with Nebula and everything, like, that's there. You can see the other characters do fear her, that, like, she will fucking kill you if you go ahead to go the wrong way with yeah. her. Yeah. That's yeah, all no, there. She, she's stone cold. Like, she's she's not someone to be fucked with, but, like, you're right. She's not going to be a psycho killer. I mean, what the hell do people want? Like, no. you can... A woman can be a badass. Like, because sometimes men are badass on, on television and movies, and it's all about posture and the way they hold themselves and the way people talk about them. You know, we don't see... We don't see, like, you know, the most feared men in, you know, badass men just murdering people willy-nilly. It's like, no. Women can be imposing, too, the same way men can be. And that's what they're doing here. They're kind of taking the trope of, like, well, this is how imposing men look in these movies. We're going to just make it a woman. You know, if you have a problem accepting that, that's on you. She's a fucking scary person in these movies. Yeah. Um, and then there's Drax, also, who I know I've, I've seen people complain about the way he's characterized. He's just, like, an idiot now and stuff like that. I still don't take it as like he's an idiot. It's just they mentioned it in the first film. Like his people are very literal and he operates on that. And that's where the sarcasm goes in there. And everything he says will be literal there. And yes, he starts joking around more. We'll bring Jader back in now. Yeah, Dr there we go. He's back. There you go, Brian. Um, back, baby. I was just mentioning how Drax's portrayal in these movies by some fans, they've kind of knocked it as oh, he's not Drax the Destroyer. He's just an idiot now. But his yeah. people were very literal. So the, the comedy is set up there for that. And he's hilarious in this movie. He is. He has. He has. He, he was fantastic. He has one of the best lines in, these movie, in this movie. Um, I feel like that if. How do I say it? Like if you're not. If you didn't see Guardians 1 and you jump into Guardians 2, you're going to think he's the biggest idiot ever. You're not going to get character background that you got from part one because they kind of like explain it right there and then what's going on yeah. um but i felt like he was the less fleshed out character in volume two but he served the purpose of what he was supposed to do yeah you know and um i was one of those as well again i i, I see this movie with a whole set different lens uh lens now um but i was one of those where i'm like man i hate what they did with drax in part two because reading Drax versus what you see in uh with Drax is it's two completely different Very things, different. right? Um, but I love uh, yeah. what Bautista did I with this character and what James Gunn did with this character um overall. And I loved um the him and Mantis. Like that that part I completely forgot the part with uh Mantis where you know he's talking about the inner beauty and all that and he calls her like you're just so ugly. I cracked up because I forgot I as he was saying the line, I remembered it, but I completely forgot and I laughed so hard. And I'm like, man, this this is so funny, dude. But and, um, and especially at the end when they're all having that big emotional scene, they're yeah. Yondu's thing, and just like you're beautiful. And I'm like, wait, he's coming around to it on yeah. the inside. In the inside, I'm like this. Is more <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I I think the thing with Drex's character that people I could see why people were annoyed because they they kind of did make him more comedic in this like he's more of like a comedic foil i'm okay mm -hmm. with it because i actually think dave batiste is funny i think the character is funny and like i don't i've never read the comic so i have nothing else to compare it to and i also yeah. feel like they kind of did his character beats in the first one where like his whole thing was avenging his 
family's death and they killed Ronan the Destroyer. And now I get it. Now it's like, okay, but Thanos was really pulling the strings. But like, I don't know. I, I, I think Gunn had a choice of making him comic relief or just rehashing the beats that we had in his character in the first movie. And I think if the, he rehashed it, I think people would be complaining as well. I think, you know, I just think the way Guardians 2 fell out, the way the way that, you know, the way the story is going, it's Drax is unfortunately not going to be the richest character because there are so many of them and they're trying to do so much with them. So I'm okay with it, but I get why the fandom would be kind of annoyed. Yeah. Um, the other thing too in this movie is the they really further the relationship with Quill and Gamora there, where it's, you know, the emotional payoff in Infinity War really does make more sense because they move along there. And I love the way, as a fan of Cheers, that they compare it to Sam and Diane. It's the unspoken thing, but if you speak it, then, you know, you know you're kind of letting it out of the bag then. Um, that really works, especially at the end when she acknowledges that, yes, there is an unspoken thing. And it progresses that. It's not the focal point of the movie, but there's enough in there to understand why when Peter loses his shit in Infinity War, you know, it pays off. Yeah. Which people hate that too. Actually, I have written in my notes, I'm like, this, I feel like this is the beginning of Nebula's like great story arc. Mm -hmm. This is just Agreed. the beginning. Agreed. And then it just, for me, it gets so much better for her as, as it goes with uh, Infinity War, with Endgame. Um, I heard she's a fucking standout in part three. Um, so um i love what they did with nebula overacts a little bit you know she's always angry uh but you know i got past that because you you see what it transitions to uh essentially but um if we're gonna talk standouts right yandu yandu this is, this is yandu's movie man and, oh, and yeah. you know it, it yeah it's michael rooker is phenomenal yeah um but he for me, uh, which I feel like he was kind of missing in the you know, kind of middle middle part of the movie for a little bit. Um, for him to you know, you get you do get him, but I feel like compared to what what he turns into in the final act of the film, like yeah. I felt like he was missing, but it was just all again worth it, you know. And that line that 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 you know, that you know, he might he um, which I always butcher. But um, what he says, he may have been your father, but I'm, but I'm uh, your daddy. Buddy, yeah. But I'm your dad. Yeah. But so that that for me. And then this time again, it was one of those like, like, kill yeah. me now. You know. But uh, Yeah, no, I, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, though. Like, he does disappear for a while and then they bring him back in the scene with Groot. And then it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hilarious when he's trying to tell him and Rocket are explaining to Groot where it's like to go get the, the prototype Finn and he's bringing back all this other random shit and everything like that. And it plays for good last, but then he massacres the all basically the ravagers that was, that had the mutiny against him. So he yeah. gets, he does get a lot of screen time from there. Yeah, from there yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, taser the whole taser face. Taser face. Taser <laughs> face. Yeah, that was that's. All, I think that's uh, all something fantastic. for Yondu too that's really interesting is he's also exploring the same theme of forged family right because yeah. he his forged family were the the other ravager clans and he fucked up because he was stealing children and like mm -hmm. he kind of admits that at the end that's why he does what he does with quill because he has that change of conscience and the fact that he's excommunicated he's kicked out of his family and he talks about how well 
I was a slave that was freed by Stallone's character. I forget his name. And he's, his whole thing is just wanting to get back in the good graces of his family. So I think like his sacrifice at the end is beautiful too, because he sacrifices for his family, which is Quill. And as a result, the family that cut him loose acknowledges that sacrifice and comes back and gives him the tribute and the honor of the family. Like, so even, even in like that that Ravager, that Ravager, Ravager funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's one of my yeah. favorite moments in the MCU. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. it is one of my favorite moments in the MCU because they just hint at it in the beginning, where mm-hmm. where uh, Stallone's character's uh, o- Ogard or something like that. Let me, get, let me pull out the name. I have the. Um, I think it's I think it's uh, Stacker Ogard or some shit like that. Um. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, where he, you know. Start going back and forth, and then he t- and then he basically essentially tells him like no one's ever gonna show up for you. Like if you if you were ever to die, no one's no one's gonna. And then it's the obviously that little conversation turns into what we get, and everyone shows up to that to Yandu's tree, which again one of my favorite moments in the MCU and one of the saddest in my opinion. Um, that shit every time, even the first time I saw it, that was probably one of my favorite scenes. The the whole ending of the film. Um, in that scene, it was just a standout shit, and especially the way that Rooker delivered this whole film, and then, you know, his, the goodbye that we say to his character was just, you know, it was a work of art. Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, um, I guess one we can touch on is Rocket. So. Yeah. I know Rocket, from what we're all assuming, in Volume 3 is going to be really the focus is going to be shifted to him. But they do hint at a little bit, you know, his struggle here with, like, him and Quill. They have their relationship. Quill has a lot of things going on with it. Like, he's got a lot going on with Gamora, obviously his father. And then the other relationship he's dealing with is with Rocket. And they're just kind of like, hey, you know, Rocket's doing stupid shit by stealing batteries and being an asshole and stuff like that. He's like, but I'm not, I don't send you away. I still, you know, you're still part of my family. It's, it's, it's still there. And they, you know, they hint a little bit at, you know, Rocket's origin. I they feel like in the first two movies, they do touch on it a little bit here. But the payoff is going to be in the third one. Um, but Rocket really gets like that whole scene in the beginning where he takes out or he almost takes out all of the Ravagers when they're coming to track them down. And, he, you know, he has that whole thing. And they further establish his connection with with Groot, even though it's with baby Groot now, because he's the father figure now. Yeah, I love that scene. I love watching Rocket be badass like that. Um, Like, watching him almost take out the Ravagers, like, he actually, I think he would have, had Nebula not interfered. I actually do think he would have wound Mm -hmm. up taking them all out. Um, But, but yeah, but as you said, like, it furthering the family, right? Like, Rocket is a guy who doesn't trust anyone but Groot. And we don't know why, right? We don't know what their their relationship is previously, but there's something there. It's a Han and Chewie thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Rocket's thing in this new family they've forged is, well, let me see if I can push them away because they're going to leave me eventually, right? So everything he does is like stealing the batteries and being a dick and like he's trying to push them away. And that's why that scene with Quill is like, I'm not sending you away. It's it's beautiful because it's like, you know, you can keep pushing, but you're not going anywhere, you little f- 
fucking raccoon. <laughs> um, and trash then, panda. Also, his relation. Yeah. Is trash worse? panda, exactly. <laughs> and as you said, his relationship with Groot, like, he's become the father figure now, right? Like, again, it's, it's, it's all of these different intersecting themes of family and different, like, people in a dysfunctional family doing things that people in a dysfunctional family do, like push people away or as Quill is doing, trying to keep everyone close or Drax is doing of, of like, you know, being aloof and sort of not there. And, uh, you know, Nebula is doing a bit trying to just get someone to just say, Hey, I, I was in pain too. Like, I just love the way all these characters interact uh, with each other like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It hit the nail <clears throat> on the head there, man. Um, I pretty much, yeah, I, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> you guys, well, I mean, well, yeah, well, we get the introduction to Mantis <laughs> yeah. also, which you know, in this film, she has her purpose, but her bigger purpose lies in Infinity War. Infinity goes, War. You know, yeah, yeah, that's where she gets the thing. And then in the holiday special, you know, wait, major. Okay, I was wait, I was like, wait, time out. Did you watch the holiday? Yeah, special? yeah, yeah, I, I, did, I, did, I did, I did, I did, <laughs> yeah, 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 major, I, I, major that was crazy, problem. dude. That was crazy. I yeah. actually don't know if that's canon to the comics. I, I'll, I'll be lying to you if it's I told not. you because it's not. Yeah, no, they changed like, Quill a lot in the, in the MCU than they did. I don't. Versus. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, I don't remember that shit at all. But I'm like, I thought it was a pretty fucking cool thing to do, though. I'm like, that's pretty. I, I love the holiday special. I thought it was wonderful. We adored done. it, dude. We yeah, absolutely yeah, fucking yeah. adored yeah. it. I watched it a bunch yeah. of times, even yeah. just after the show. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it was wonderful. I, I think I I'm gonna rewatch it before I see Volume Three. Wow, yeah, all right, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm gonna Plus do. I'm gonna, gonna love us a lot. Yeah, but um, Rocket. I mean, what's not to love about him? Um, I think he had again that. Even though, again, I feel like that whole mutiny scene was random. It was it, it, again the. I still have issues with the flow of the film. I just appreciate it a lot more now. Um, but I love love that scene, and just like uh, like Ed said. He would have taken everybody out, hands down. I don't. I have no doubt in my mind that he, that mm -hmm. he would have done that. Um, obviously, uh, three is very very central to him, at least from what we're getting with the uh, marking from it. So we'll we'll see. You know, uh, we I I know we all have our our thoughts on that. Oh, <laughs> um, before we wrap this up, where I want to get yeah, our predictions yeah, yeah, we so we can laugh back at this and how wrong we were or not. Yeah, oh, I, I really hope so. But yeah, but uh, you know. Again, this movie it it kind of pisses me off that I I saw it with that set of lens the first time because it it, it was great, man. Um, I felt like um, every character, with the exception of Drax, was kind of fleshed out a little bit more because essentially the first one was getting them together. This was just testing their bond. This is what Volume Two did. It was test their bond to see uh, them stick together and be that team that you know they fought so hard not to be in the first one. Um, but most of my issues with this film, to be honest, are the pacing, pacing issues. Um, I feel like it, it has a little bit of pacing issues, um, but it's a fun time. It has it has great heart. I fucking love this movie. I, I, I can actually say that now. I, I I love this movie. I might throw it on tonight. Nice. Um, I think it might also <laughs> nice. set a record for post credit scenes, by the way, because we get Craggle, who's learning the arrow that he got passed down by Quill. From from Yondu, so right. we get that, and he friggin' hits Drax with it, and he's screaming in <laughs> complete agony. Kills me, kills me. 
I forgot about that credit <laughs> so scene. Funny. And then again, I kind of felt like I saw this movie. I, I obviously essentially, I, I told you that I, I did see it. Um, and I remembered the main points of the film, but there's little details that I had forgotten. And uh, that was one of them. So I'm like, what is the post credit scene in this movie? And when I saw it, I was like, man, that's hysterical. That's so good. Yeah. And then we get the forming of basically a, a section of the Ravagers who are kind of like the OG Guardians of the Galaxy from the comic books. That's basically yep. what we're getting there. So yep. that was cool. I'm hoping they that follow up cool. on it in volume three. That it yeah. wasn't just like a throwaway a, thing. A little there. throwaway thing. Yeah. Uh, Adam Warlock tease happens with the Sovereign, which we That's know what we're I'm excited Adam for. Warlock in this one. Oh, yeah. Yep. Finally. So, yeah. Um, my boy was my boy was uh, not, a, not involved with Thanos at all, which was super weird for me. Yeah, we were yeah, with that. I'm the same way, man. Like, yeah. uh, after the yeah, fact, it was a little okay. weird, man. Yeah, yeah, it was a little weird for me. But yeah, but it's overall, like, I, like I said, all I know is that last time I read the Infinity Gauntlet comic, which I read very, every couple of years because I still have my original, Adam Warlock was key in that. And that was my one and only one thing with the Infinity War movie. It's like, no Adam Warlock. It's not yeah. perfect, but it'll do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They did a hell of a job, man. I went on a on a MCU kind of like binge last month where I saw the Guardians films. I saw Winter Soldier again. I was just picking at random. Um, I even did a Thor: The Dark World watch. Why you um, did? Yeah, you. Yeah. I, I've heard about. I've heard your even your yeah. disdain for that film. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. So I did that one. I. You know, it's crazy. My disdain for that film came, it was the opposite of my Guardian's watch. So the first time I saw Thor in the Dark World, I thought it was fine. I was yeah. like, this movie's not as bad as everybody's making it seem. Um, and then upon rewatches, I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. And then now it just serves more purpose knowing what they had to go through in Endgame. Um, so it just makes you like, you know, they, they the Russos were very smart with that. They're like, let's pick the movie that everybody fucking hates. Yeah. And let's prop it let's, up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> let's, exactly. It yeah. works, you know, but I did uh Thor the dark world rewatch. I did my guardians rewatch, uh, both infinity war and Endgame. I think I said that already. And I did one more. Um, and I still have something to tell you guys. Um, and you guys are going to kill me. I have not yet. And it's the only thing that I'm missing from the MCU. I feel. Um, I still haven't seen Eternals, <laughs> uh, I mean, and then right. and it was one of those where I'm like, I need to watch it because they mentioned Celestia, obviously I ego know. being a Celestia and all that shit. And I'm like, I asked one of my friends, I'm like, does that take they do they talk uh, ego in in Eternals? He's like, watch it. He's like, I'm not gonna tell you anything. Just watch it. You need to watch that movie. He's like, it's really. I feel like you're gonna like it. I was like, all right. And yeah, well, my, just the, the short version. My brief thing was I didn't know to make of Eternals upon the, the first watching. I walked out of there very confused. strange. I was confused. I'm like, do I like this movie? Do I not yeah. like this movie? And I started like two times that weekend again after that. And I'm like, I get it. I see what they're going for. I, I kind of dig this. Like, it's not a very MCU film, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I liked it for what it is. I'm not yearning to go back and rewatch it that often. But I don't know if it's a knock against it. It just, I don't know. I would watch yeah. other MCU yeah, I, films first. Though. Jader, I'd say if you saw it, yeah, that's good. If you didn't see it, yeah. that's fine. Like, it's it's, fine. I don't know. Well, I, I actually, I feel, so this is the thing. I feel I like I, every single film that have, has come after that, <clears throat> I felt like, unless I'm missing something that, that 
I felt like I haven't needed to watch it. All right, so I'm gonna put it this after. way. I got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something about it without spoiling it. There's a huge thing that happens in that film that is not acknowledged yet, but apparently it's supposed to be a big part of Captain America: New World Order. Okay, there's supposed to be something that's there. Um, there was a. Okay. Did you watch Miss Marvel that. or no? Yes, I did. Okay, so there's a. So there is one of the. I Eternals. feel like that show gets knocked a lot. And, no, we praise the shit out of it because I we love think that's that show. Arguably the best and show that they've done. Thank you. Well, WandaVision. I WandaVision, still, I still have, agreed. Agreed. I still have Ms. WandaVision. Miss Marvel right below. Yeah, yeah right below. honestly, and I loved. I know this is not the Miss Marvel hour, but yeah, I loved it, and I feel with the trailers. I, I know you guys probably talked trailers already. Obviously, yeah. she was my favorite part of that trailer. And she is probably the main reason because I was not excited for this film. I wanted to see Monica Rambeau, but I uh, I have Captain Marvel on the lower end of my MCU films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, not crazy about it. Um, she is the reason why my ass is going to be in that seat opening night. She's she so fantastic. She, she steals, steals it, and then oh, I was laughing. Delightful. It looked it looks so much fun. Um, it, it, it looks like it's going to be a different beat from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of feels like you know, and kind of the show did too, kind of like uh Spider-Man Homecoming-ish. But yes. I loved That's I loved that aspect of yes. that show. So when um so yeah, sorry, sorry, I went on. No, 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 that's there, fine. But, but uh but yeah, I love Miss Marvel. But you were and gonna also, say something about Miss Marvel. Well, but no, no, besides Miss Marvel with Eternals, so there is something that happens in Eternals that's supposed to be a huge payoff in another upcoming MCU film that I think you would be very excited about too. Because it's technically okay. the debut of a hero that we have not seen yet. Technically. Okay. I'll just leave it Technically at that. haven't seen? Te- we have not seen. In the MCU. Seen the, in the MCU. I'll just leave it at okay. that. I think, I think I know exactly what you're talking about because I okay. think that was spoiled so, for me already. Yeah, so I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to be the guy for it, but I'm dancing but, around. Yeah, no, 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 no. I heard, yeah. I heard rumors, but, but it I made no say sense. This. But now you're yeah. telling me what it is, and I'm like, okay, so I don't know how they had that character in there, but if it's who I'm talking I, about, I am gonna yes. say this. It's nice. So it's like it's Ish. it's a post credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that, but it, it made no sense. I was like, they're like, dude, there's a cameo, but you don't see it. And I'm like, hmm. And then okay. Whatever. So we like, can just say it now. And when we talked about it, what happened, it's yeah. Blade's voices. Is... Blade's voices, yeah. Okay. So and it's Maharshal Ali. Blade's yep. but that's awesome. Go ahead, Jason. Go but ahead. Jada, let me just say, Blade's voice, Blade's voice is in in it for a line in a post credit scene. That's all. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm not saying like you don't need to see some things in this movie, but like, I don't. Do you want to sit through a three hour movie knowing that you're sitting there because Mahersha Ali has one line in a post credit scene? No, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Probably I'll just probably just Google that shit. I am not. I'm not promoting <laughs> right, Eternal exactly. for you to listen to one line from Mahersha Ali. <laughs> Absolutely not. If that's the case, no, don't do that. Because yeah. he'll he'll message me be like, dude, fuck you. Like, I know. Honestly, <laughs> I have a I have a feeling that this movie's being so knocked, and I've been putting it off for so long that I might be one of the defenders of this film. Maybe. I think you are. I think you are. You know, that's a lot of my be. friends that yeah. know kind of my taste in film. They're like, "You'll like it. Trust me. I think you're gonna really like it." And I'm like, "All right, we'll see." Just, but, uh, just my my mind changes all the time. The expectations know? of it. I think a lot of people walked in expecting an uh, tr- traditional MCU film at the time, and they didn't get that at all. It's yeah. nothing like it at all. Yeah. So that's I mean, what I phase think. Four, people phase four has been a little funny. 
It is. It's um, been a little over. It's it's been yeah, everywhere. So that. Yeah. 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 So still um, not bad. It's still better than some of the other shit we've seen, but absolutely. Uh, fuck, I wanted to touch on something else. Give me one second. Well, well, well a couple of quick things I want to touch on volume two so before we, we can wrap that yeah. aspect of this. So in the post credit scene, we also got a dancing grandmaster that you blink and you miss it. That yeah. I thought was fun. Yep. We yeah. got David Hasselhoff also singing the Guardians Inferno. Which Absolutely. was what we opened the show with. So, yeah. always respecting off. Teenage Groot is introduced, which gets set up for Infinity War. So, you're not like, yep. where the hell is Baby Groot? And yep. Stanley furthers his conversation with the Watchers. The watchers, man. As a Watcher. So, that, that was. I, I have to say that that is my favorite Stanley cameo. Cameo? Because as a Watcher? It, it has been a, <laughs> up until that point, it was a joke. Among the fandom, like, oh, he's a watcher, right? Because he did a cameo in Spider-Man. He did a cameo in the Hulk. And he did a cameo in all these different multiversal things. And the fact yeah. that he's a watcher, and yeah, no, that's true. Every single cameo is him just being the watcher. I fucking love that being canon. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you, Adam. <laughs> right there. Um, all right, so predictions for volume three. Who's kicking? Who's Who's, who's getting it? Who is not making it? What guardians are not surviving volume three? I have two. Go ahead. Rocket. Man, Which I really hope I'm wrong because because the promote you know they're making it too obvious at this fucking point. Yeah. You get me? Where I feel like they they would do the opposite, where they're like, we're not we're not gonna focus on rockets, and then we're gonna we're gonna rip your hearts out. And mm -hmm. I don't think Drax is gonna make it out of the second out of the third film. I think so you're like, yeah. Uh -huh. I think those are the two that I feel that I think Drax is going to do something crazy. And I think we're going to probably lose them. My prediction, I don't think it's going to be at the end. It might be in the, like mid, mid, right before the climax of the film. Maybe the reason why they, they, uh, they formed their plan to, uh, you know, to attack. But I feel like uh, Drax is going to probably sacrifice himself something big. And um, that's what's going to like, have that bind and then some somebody's gonna die at the very end as well that's my prediction so is that who quill is crying over in the trailer i think so i don't okay. think it's rocket i think it's Drax. okay yeah jason who's, this is who's all speculation by the no. way guys yeah we're not spoiling shit. i have no. no idea i haven't seen the film i know a lot of people have yes i i have not <laughs> yeah we haven't yeah, no, I have. And to be honest with you, I'm going to just throw some fucking names out there, but I have no idea what's going to happen in this movie. Um, yeah. I'm going to be inflammatory. I'm going to say I think Quill's going to die. Okay. Because we know oh, Gun's not coming that's, back. That's major. Right? We we know we go, we know gun, Gun's not coming back. We know that we're not going to see this iteration of the Guardians again. And what better way than to completely dislodge this iteration of the guardians than the linchpin that brought them together which is quill so yeah again i'm probably wrong but i'm gonna say if if, if i have to pick one person who's gonna die it's gonna be quill i don't think it's gonna be rocket because i think as you guys said they're really trying to make us think it's rocket and we know that the mcu fucks with us and trolls us in their advertising yeah. absolutely so i i think what? rocket's rocket's gonna be fine Okay. So one of the, the my bad to interrupt, but one of the um, my predictions prior to trailer, once I they announced that the movie was making, and I'm like, oh, if they're gonna kill somebody, it's gonna be Rocket, and it was always my thing, and then it, it was so Rocket centered, and I'm like, damn, I might be, but I I still I still feel that I still feel like um, 
Like, one of, uh, I still feel like it's going to be Rocket. And not only that, Rocket's the only one that hasn't died, you know? Quill, yeah, he didn't get Quill, dusted. He's the he only one, everything. you know? He's the only one that survived You're everything. Right. And then even that back and forth with Thor in Endgame, where Thor's like, oh, I've lost everything. You know, I've lost my, my brother, my mom, my dad, my best friends, you know, so, such and so forth. And Rocket is kind of in the same – he was – you know, it, it was – and this was and it was an end game. I'm sorry, that was Infinity War. Um, and Rocket hadn't lost it. He just lost Groot, but you know, obviously got him back. And then just 45 minutes later, he loses everybody. Yeah. You know, so that's another reason why I'm like, we haven't cried for Rocket yet. You know, everybody else, we've cried for Gomorrah. That's a good point. Um, we've we've cried for Groot. Um, uh, we obviously saw what happened with you know with Quill and Drax and and um <clears throat> Nebula is another one, obviously, but She's I feel out of the center guardians, um, that's the that's that's the one person that we uh, the we the audience have not lost, and he's a fan favorite, and we all know that James Gunn loves to kill characters, mm -hmm. so so. But I had a friend also tell me, uh, Jason Quill as well. He's like, I promise you, it's gonna be Quill. I promise you it's going to be Quill. And I was like, damn, man, I didn't even think of I honestly thought that they were going to hang on to Quill for future Avengers film for, you know, uh, for the uh, uh, Kang Dynasty and, and for um, Secret Wars. Yeah. So I thought they were going to hang and, on and at least I, to I was, him. I was thinking about that, too. But if you think about it, like if you kill Quill, that breaks up the Guardians and allows the MCU to use the other Guardians for future things without having to justify why they're not together. Yeah, you're making perfect sense, but I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to use your own logic though, Jason, and say because if you remember, there is a scene in the trailer where Quill's being carried, his limp body's being carried by the rest of the Guardians. Oh, and yeah. that's why yeah, I don't point. think he's dying. That's why I don't think he's dying. Good point, Jader. I'm actually I forgot with you. about that I'm, scene. I'm good on point. Rocket and Drax. Yeah, I think thing. those are the two, unfortunately, that are going to go. Nebula, not really. Gamora. This isn't even that Gamora. So we've seen yeah. Gamora die. They already killed um, her. Groot yeah. has already died. So that's yeah. not going to be a thing anymore. Uh, plus, we're getting like, what I forget what they call him, like Alpha Groot or something now, because now he's got like a bunch of arms. Yeah, and bro. And all this other shit. It's <laughs> oh, like yeah, Jack dude. now. I can't yeah. wait, man. I can't wait. I'm so ecstatic for this film. Um, yeah. It's, 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 uh, and the it's word of good. mouth has gotten me even worse because I was already excited for it, but seeing <laughs> how everybody's just praising it at this point um some people are saying it it's a better than the original obviously that's a lot of hype talk i i i don't know um mm -hmm. but just hearing that it's better than part two and i already love part two as of now i'm just very hyped about it you know yeah so, uh, I'm, I'm pretty jacked up i can't wait to yeah. talk about it uh next yeah. week yeah same i will be joining you boys for sure yes we were gonna lock down our date and time and we, we're, we're definitely gonna have this this yeah. panel back. I'm sure Rick will probably want to jump in with us too. And absolutely. And um, but I, I guess we while we're predicting. Know, while we're predicting, good. While we're predicting, I have one more prediction. This is the movie that introduces us to Mojo. Just saying, throw oh, it there. There we go. <laughs> yeah, now we're back with this again. Okay. Mojo's a space entity. This is a space movie. Come on. Mojo is the next logical conclusion. Just throwing it out there just in case. I want to be the first person to call Mojo in the MCU. For the record, by the way, Rick thinks they're all dying. 
He thinks oh, the entire really? team's dying. He like does. he's going really dark and murdering no, all of them. No way. There's I don't no think there's way, any bro. chance in hell. No, they're not oh, die. Marvel will not, not do that. Die. They're not going to do that. Too. And if he's actually right and we come back, we can play this video as the opening of next week's show. Yeah. Like, no, they're never all going to no die. No way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh, would be great, dude. Oh man. Um. So just. Before we, we, we wrap this thing up, uh, last thing, the CinemaCon trailer, because, Jada, we were talking about it on our, on the Facebook page. It's pretty it's pretty jacked up for The Flash, huh? Beyond belief, man. And I was – during the uh, during the Knicks, Knicks Heat game, they showed a, they showed a, even more that did I, I didn't – Yeah, yeah, that I did not want to see. By the way, my condolences. Uh, it's game but, one. It's game one. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't talk shit. If you notice, I, know, I don't talk I know. shit until the very end. But you won't hear me eventually. That's if good. It That's good. Okay. But um, but I no, but I honestly meant that when you guys, when you boys uh took over that first quarter, I mm-hmm. was shook. I was like, we're gonna get mopped the fuck up right now. Uh, but they found it and whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they showed some shit on the trailer. I mean, on 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 TV today, uh, some footage that I had not seen. I try only to watch that first trailer. Yeah. Right. And I know when you did the uh, trailer review when it was first revealed. Uh, you actually said that it was probably one of the greatest trailers or superhero trailers you've ever seen, right? Um, I shared that sentiment with you while everybody else is kind of shitting on it, <laughs> Tim. Right? So yeah, everybody was shitting stop. on it. He's Captain Anti DC. That's why. He's, yeah, I know. But I was so fucking hyped with that trailer, and I don't know. It's just my love for the Keaton Batman. Um, it just looks like a fantastic film, and everything that I keep watching more and more and more is just proving me more right and more hyped that I, I honestly can't contain myself. Crazy enough, as hyped as I am for Guardians, I am more hyped for The Flash than I am for The Guardians right now. Um, I, I'll agree with you. I'm going to echo that. You know, I, I agree you know, with you. Also because I feel like with Guardians, I feel very safe with like James Gunn, Guardians. I know we're, we're going to get something quality. With The Flash, yeah. it's like, wait, the DCEU has been so erratic. But wait, this could be like the best maybe they, yeah. they brought to the table? That's what they're saying. That is what they're saying. A lot of people are saying that is the best, hands down, the best. I mean, to some people, what are they going to say? Oh, low bar. Low bar, low bar. You can't say that. They've I, had I, some I, good I, shit, man. I'm sorry. They have. Shit. They yeah, have. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. I, I, I mean, Zack Snyder's uh, fucking Justice League for one is one of the greatest for me. Um Wonder Woman, you know they have they have their Shazam. Shit. I like the I love the first Shazam. I love the, the, first, I love the first Shazam. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Suicide so, Squad, James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, they are uh, you. Uh, we obviously know that this they and they've said it that this is resetting the DCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Andy Andy Muschetti, Muschetti I think is his last name. Muschetti, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So. You know, for me, at least with it, part one, he knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. It part two, you know, it, it, it dragged on a little bit too much for me, but it was still, it's not a terrible film. It's just compared to what he did with the first one, um, it was kind of night and day. But him taking over this IP um, and what I've seen so far, there, I, I, I really, honestly, I had no no negatives to say about, about that trailer. I'm so hyped for it. And again, just... You know, friends of mine that have seen it already that I reached out because they were at CinemaCon. I'm like, hey, what? They're like, dude, you're not. It's I can't even tell you how great this is, how funny it is, how the action. And they they, apparently they saw it and it wasn't even ready yet completely. They still had to work on some uh, um, some CGI. The CGI and they're like they 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 
said it afterwards. Oh, this CGI is not done. So it's going to look better than what you guys already saw. And I heard we get cameos that we're not expecting. Okay. Which hypes me up. They're like, okay. you're getting cameos that you do not expect that are going to, it's going to leave your jaw on the floor. You wow. know, so how much more hyped can I be? You know, um, I'm, I'm for one, again, my, my most anticipated this year have been Scream 6, Evil Dead, and, and beforehand it was Guardians 3. Um, oh, John Wick 4 was one of them. But beforehand was Guardians 3 over The Flash. I really didn't even care for The Flash too much just because of all the bullshit that was going on with, uh, as, as with Ezra Miller. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's not that I forgive and forget, but just, you know, they're giving quality stuff man. you can't just, I understand why DC didn't want to like shelf that, at least from what I've seen so far, mm -hmm. I understand why they were like, we cannot shelf this. We got to figure this the fuck out and push it because it looks epic. It looks like it the best shit that they've done. So. I'm yeah, all I, and that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like in terms of the trailer, this boosted my excitement through the roof. Like just even yeah. hearing Danny Elfman's Batman theme and yes, seeing dude. Keaton in the suit again, and, and also saying it. I exactly, exactly. Him saying it's like, oh, it's like you said the thing. Yeah, you said the, you thing. Said yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I love, I love Batfleck, even though he has yeah. the best movies. No, no, I agree I with you. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Batfleck defender as well. I am a Batfleck defender as well. Um, I feel like the only one that was uh, mediocre was. Batman versus Superman, but I don't feel like it was his fault. It was more what was given to him. He does what me? he can in that. Yeah, and that, hanger, and that warehouse, that yeah. warehouse. warehouse scene. Get no. out of here. Yeah. I, I so, would actually argue uh, he's the best thing about that movie. Yeah, no, hands down. Oh, easily, hands yeah. Down. I, I think yeah, I have argued. You can tell Snyder, Snyder wanted to make a Batman film because it, yes. it's Batman-centered. <laughs> um, but so yeah. going back to CinemaCon, right, huh? I wasn't going to watch that second trailer. I was not because I was already sold with the first one and I'm like, I'm good. I'm not going to watch it. And curiosity got to me right before I went to bed. I'm like, let me check it out. And I grabbed my phone and then I'm like, how much? Oh no, actually, you know, it was a uh, Tim's comment saying trailer sucked. They didn't show shit, just extra two scenes or whatever. Okay. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm not going to see that much. And I got onto the phone and I saw it and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I don't get it, but I, I, I mean, I, I understand he, he fucking hates the DCU. I, I get it. I get the it. The DCU. You know, he, he acknowledges the Batman was awesome and stuff like that. It's just the DCEU. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. it's fine. You have Keaton. You yeah. have Batfly. Yeah. It's fine. Focus yeah. on that then if you need to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> I'm hyped. Um, I, I, I don't want to watch any more TV spots, any more trailers. We're still like a month and a half away yeah. from this movie. And I feel like they're just shoving that shoving it down our throats right now and mm -hmm. every little tv spot gets you just a little bit more and a little bit more and, and i'm done i'm already i'm good i will be there opening night <laughs> so during so, so you're watching the playoffs you're just gonna step away from yeah TV. as soon as i see it i just <laughs> turn around yeah. yeah today to, and the reason why i saw it today was because i sat down and i thought it was going to be no new footage and they show some batman shit where i was like fuck that's cool and i couldn't turn around i couldn't turn around so. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jason, what did the, I know you watched the new trailer and you've also are one who tries to avoid him. Uh, is it, is the hype even getting further or are you still kind of there? I know you love the first trailer. I so. just, I did. And I, I hate how much I want to see this movie because you know, my <laughs> problems with Ezra Miller. Yes. Yeah. Same here. I hate how much I, I want to see this movie. And, I, and I'm going to say this, um, 
seeing Keaton say, you want to get nuts, let's get, let's get, get nuts, nuts, that was a ding for me. That doesn't make me happy. Yeah. I, I didn't like that because it's like oh. having him in this movie is fan service. I don't need the line. But like, but having said that, I don't care. I still want to see this movie. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, I, I would say this. Keaton's I, Batman again. But regarding that line, I would say Bats. this. and Because I, I kind of agree with yeah, yeah. you on the strangeness of it. Like, it was too much on the nose. But from what I understand, I listened to John Campia's, you know, review of it, non-spoiler. He said that it's as much as that is in the context of the film, it absolutely works. So, okay. I'll, okay. so that's fair. I'll, I mean, I'll check. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll put it to the side. It's fine. That's, and I'm not saying like, oh, that's shit. I'm just saying like, yeah. it, it's. I know there are two camps. There are people who loved seeing that. And there are people who did not. I'm mm-hmm. just saying I'm in the people who did not. However, I I liked I it, man. Really I was just like, fuck yeah, yeah. He fair. said the thing on the other trailer. That's he fair. said the thing on this trailer. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, also, yeah. and I'll, I have to say this too. I want to see this movie. At first, it was just. I just want to see Michael Keaton as Batman. I just want to see Batfleck back. But now I'm seeing these trailers, and I'm like, no, this this looks like a really solid adaptation of Flashpoint Paradox, which is yeah. one of the best Flash stories ever told. Oh, so I'm yeah. actually after this this I'm excited to see not just the Batman stuff, but the Flash stuff. And and again, I hate saying that because. I don't I don't want to support Ezra Miller. And to what you said, Jader, like I give them a pass this time because they didn't know who they were working with. So like you're not gonna yeah. shelf something like this. It's a billion dollar fucking movie. But they yeah. do need to make sure they don't make him the flash again. That's kind so of where I sit with it. I don't know about you. I no, I agree a hundred percent. I I don't I, I'm with you. <clears throat> Because I, I, it was, it got to the point. Where I'm like, fuck it. They shelved Batgirl, shelved this fucking movie too. Until I saw the trailer, I was like, please don't, don't listen. No, to me. No, I don't no. know what the fuck <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I'm not in charge of, uh, you know, billion dollar movies. Um, but they, they need to figure it out. Which uh, another thing I heard is that he's phenomenal in it, which sucks. That's what a lot. Of, I'm, I'm seeing that you a know? lot too. A lot yeah. of people saying Ezra Miller. The way like he carries both characters, Young Barry and Old Barry. Uh, I mean, older Barry or whatever. And, um, I heard he's he's he carries the film as well, like that that he does just such a phenomenal job. Um, and it sucks because, I mean, maybe they introduced Wally, maybe that's how they end it. Maybe Gun, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Flash is actually funny enough. One of my favorite DC characters. Um, it's one of the ones that I uh, followed throughout. One of the mm-hmm. comics that I actually sat down and and, and read. Um, I That's I was cool. a fan. A lot of people weren't um, of the New Fifty Two comics. I really liked the New Fifty Two Flash comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I read like the first. Fuck, I don't even know. Twenty thirty issues or something. I don't I I don't know how. Um, I stopped nice. at some point, but I I had them all. I had the whole collection of the of the New Fifty Two. Um, Flash comics, and I really, really dug it. When I found out that this was essentially Flashpoint Paradox, um, I was kind of pissed off because I'm like, "How are you going to start the first Flash movie like this?" You didn't earn it. They didn't earn it yet. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, the same thing. I'm like, this yeah. is this is more like a third film for me, like mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I, I guess the way that they're doing it and what they needed to do to reset it, it's it is the perfect first entry to reset that universe that we're gonna essentially yes. get. You know, and again, overall, like I said, James Gunn, I know a lot of people are pissed off with some of his choices. I'm actually really mad about the fact that we're, we're not going to have Pavel again as a Superman, as far as we know. 
Um, I know they're, doing, they're going for younger and all that stuff. Um, but I can't get all mad because Gunn has delivered on almost everything that he's done. Bright, Brightburn, a movie that people don't talk about, was fantastic, even though it wasn't directed by him. But yeah. his involvement with that film, it's Gunn all over it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, both Guardians films now, uh, The Suicide Squad, everything that we've seen from him so far is like a 10 out of 10 for me almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so him taking over and having, you know, saying yes, no, and all this, I completely trust him. He's a fan of this, of comics in general. You know, and he took something so obscure because he he mentioned a lot of obscure characters that we haven't seen yet coming mm-hmm. to life. But look what he did with the Guardians. You know, that's why I trust him. So mm-hmm. it, it's exactly yep. it. Just the way he handled everything with with uh, with Marvel. And I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. And, you know, it wasn't as exciting when he announced. I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't jumping out of my, you know, Swamp Thing was probably the thing that I'm like, fuck, yeah. Did you guys watch the Swamp Thing show by any chance? I did. I watched. I watched the run. Did you like it? No. No. I'll admit oh, it. I did not like it. I did, I did like, like it. it a lot, man. Did you? I. I yeah, dude. I didn't think I we did. got enough Swamp Thing. That was my yeah, problem. I understand. With it. I understand. But okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that was my issue. I'm just Ed, saying the short version. That's been my issue. Yeah. And we need to have an episode about Swamp Thing where we have Jader and Ginny on because Ginny, who does Double and Deep Dive with me, was a huge fan of that show, and Ed yeah. doesn't like it, and I lost interest after. To two episodes, so yeah. I, I think it would be interesting to have two people who really love it and two people who are disinterested in it discuss course, it. That's always the best shows to do. Well, yeah, I, it, is. It, it, like it is. it is. It is. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, so Swamp Thing was probably the thing that I was most excited for. I think they announced Constantine, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or something. With no, Con- I didn't with, see uh, Constantine. I know there was the Brave and the Bold, which is a Batman and Damian yeah, Wayne story. Damian Wayne, yeah, which we've never we, seen. So that's no, that's we haven't. Stuff. That's new. exciting stuff. That's exciting yeah. stuff too. Yeah. So, and we are James still Gunn writing and directing too, the right? Superman Legacy. What was that? Yeah. What was we that? are still getting Constantine too, right? Uh, I know that Keanu Reeves With- was, had some comments recently. He was assuring that it's, that's still going to be a thing, but it's probably going to be okay. because they admitted they're going to do Elseworld stuff. So yeah, that'll be Elseworld, okay. which is and, which is yeah. so awesome yeah. that not everything is going to connect because it Brilliant. doesn't need to. No. But it's it's awesome that we're still nope. gonna get some side projects and you know maybe sequels of movies that you know the fans really want, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, just so, stamp it in the beginning. DC Elseworlds, yep. boom, Elseworld. explain yep. it, move on, end yep. the story. But James Gunn directing Superman Legacy and writing it, and he assures you is like it's not gonna be Guardians, it's not gonna be like this because I think that's what some fans were worried about. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that because now oh, he's like taking part, he's taking on one of the trilogy. The DC yeah. Trinity, I'm sorry. He's taken yeah. one of them on. Yep. I'm like, wow, this is totally out of, from what we know, this is out of the box for him. Yeah. He's Peacemaker, Guardians, weird suicides, but weird fucking random characters. Yeah. But now you're taking on fucking Superman. Superman. Yeah. yeah. Big deal. Big yeah, deal. Yeah. And and in, in the films, him. no one's been able to truly nail. And I like Man of Steel. I'm a big defender. Uh, so that's, that's still my favorite M- uh, MCU. That's still my favorite uh, DC film. Till this really, day, DCU? Think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That wow. is hands down my favorite. Man of Steel for me is fucking fantastic. And I know you guys covered it and I couldn't jump on. Um, but we'll do a, a That was revisit. our early days. That yeah. was our early days. We'll do a revisit. That was our first episode, day. wasn't it? Yeah. That was our second because the first one we covered was second, Wonder oh, right, Woman 84. Because first... it just came out. That's Which why. And, 
Wonder Woman right, 84 was our, our first episode. I, we, it just came out at the time. We, we, oh, we kind of had no I, choice. I wish I would have been on that episode. I, I, I wish I would have been on that episode. I would have I crucified that film. I hate it. We, we were not we were we not thrilled about it. it. Put it that way. Yeah, we were not thrilled yeah, about I, it. I really I really wanted to turn that movie off after like 20 minutes. That mall scene, I was like, I'm out. And then I was like, it's too early. Keep watching. And as it just got worse, progressively worse for me. And I was like, it can't get worse than the mall scene. It did. It really did. But that's yeah. a story for another day. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for everything that's coming to the to the DCU. Um, I'm not excited, which I don't know where we stand on this um, mm -hmm. with uh, the whole um, Jonathan Majors thing. Um, I'm a very uh, guilty yeah. into proven. Uh, I mean, innocent into proven guilty. Mm -hmm. um, I really hope it's bullshit, but it's not looking good. It doesn't look good, even though, you know, Marvel hasn't said anything. They, I think it was Disney that announced that they were, like, cutting ties with him, but Marvel essentially haven't, hasn't said anything. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to wait, um, which really sucks because he was he, – he's been so phenomenal so far as Kang with, you know, on both the Loki and Quantum Mania. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know where you – have you guys had – I'm sure you did. You we talked about, we talked about the news when it first dropped it. and – yeah, we were just kind of like, you know, something, it doesn't look good, but we want to wait and see what happens. But yeah. there's been somewhat of a, I, like, pause on the news. I hope this isn't well, a but also, Johnny, like, more people have come forward, I heard. Yes, and that's what makes it worse, because before, it was right. just the one allegation, and then everything, uh, I think it was his, his agent was saying, it's like, no, like, you know, he um, it, everything's good. This and that. He said that evidence like, that proves yeah, him yeah, they have yeah. evidence that proves him innocence. And I'm like, but, yes. And then more people came out. Then everyone like, dropped off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we don't know. I, know. I, I hate it, it. it. I'll tell you this. I hate it because not just Kang. I was enjoying watching that guy's rising star because I I uh, he was in Creed three. I watched. Creed 3 was um, in Creed three. Did you watch the Devotion? What was that show? He uh, was yes, on. Yes, I did. Lovecraft. Awesome. I didn't watch that. Yeah, but I watched oh, him in Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, Country, which was not good. But yeah. he was, he was fantastic he was that, in. And I yeah. was like, this guy is a shooting star. This guy's going to the top. And like, after this happened, I was just like, oh man, it's like it took the wind yeah. out of me. No, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred. Yeah, he was one of the the bright the brighter spots of Quantum Mania, which I know we yeah. we, we had chatted about we Creed that, Three. Yeah. He was great in Creed Three. Loved yeah. him, Lovecraft Country, dude. I think they should have dropped Devotion. After they should have released that this year because I think the box office would have been so much higher. Well, yeah, not let me, yeah, let me people say, without this story happening, it would yeah. have been higher. No, 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 of course, of course, yeah. I get it. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's a pretty cool movie, though. I, I kind of I just, I just, I just hope it isn't a Johnny Depp situation where he was going to do another Pirates movie, he was proven innocent, and we're not now we're not getting, even though I bet you Disney was like, fuck, we dropped the ball there, you know. So I yeah. hope they learn from that. I heard also, which pisses me off, pisses me off royally, that they were supposed to take off Amber Heard off of uh, Aquaman, mm -hmm. and they were doing reshoots. And then now that they showed it at the trailer in CinemaCon, she's, she's in, in it. it. Yeah, she's in it. And that pisses me off. Part of me doesn't want to go see that movie because I can't stand her. You know? But see, that, that's messed up because they, they dropped – because Depp was dropped, and now that he's innocent and she's the guilty party – and she's not being dropped. It's a huge double standard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I also think that they kind of feel like, listen, we got the movie in the can. It's already, it's already done. Just yeah. got to live with it, and that's it. Yeah. Plus, it is part of like a universe that's getting 
reboot or reshuffled because yeah. they're going to possibly keep True. some of it and not others. We don't really know a whole story yeah. with that. And so, so I read on Twitter that we know was DC is... and then I heard it was good. By the way, well, you said so, it on our Facebook page. With this stuff, you take it with a grain of salt and you see what happens. Yeah. Yep. Judge for yourself, I guess. Yep. And D- DC is also building their own The Boys. I think they might hire Jonathan Winters if it's proven that he was guilty because they're building their own stable of The Boys. Yeah, yeah Jonathan yeah. Majors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they really are. That's, that's, that's but uh, but yeah, man. Exciting right. year, man. We we have we you know so far we've had a lot of hits, um, just in film in general. We've had I've had yeah. a lot of good time in the theaters this year. Me too, um, especially so recently. Far. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I didn't go this weekend. Um, I was trying to see Sisu, which I I, heard, I was heard. thinking about seeing that t- uh, tomorrow, but I, I think yeah. I might have to catch that later in the week. So I might have to do that tomorrow. I was gonna see Renfield. Tonight, if I couldn't jump on we, the show, we both saw that. you got to see that. Yeah, I haven't it's seen crazy. it. I think, I think it's going to leave this I, week. So, so I really, I'm trying oh to catch no. it. Before you got to see if you can. Yeah, so I, 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 I saw so, that. Yeah, last week I saw in, was Evil Dead. Loved Evil Dead. I saw Renfield in the most perfect condition that one can see it. I saw it in the afternoon by myself. I was the only person in the theater with a recliner so i spread out i like i almost i almost hit my vape pen i didn't but i almost did uh because i was alone who cares right but i got to watch renfield and i was like wow this is awesome yeah (laughs) no i there's been two times that i went to go watch it and i missed the showtime by like 25 minutes or something like something happened where i'm like oh let me see if i can because the movie theater is not too far from me so i'm like let me see if i can catch renfield tonight and then i saw and it's like the movie had just started and i'm like fuck you know uh, is anyone working that theater because the last time you were telling us no that nobody just there. walk in <laughs> i don't even know why i pay for regal pass to be honest with you every time i go i just walk into the theater and just sit down i just have to know at what time the movie starts do you go you and know? like put your own popcorn together and, and, and no no like no, that's, no. that's the only time that they have somebody is at concession but tickets wow. and all that stuff even for 3d glasses i have to ask the concession guy I was like, hey, yeah, I was like, hey, do you have 3D glasses? He's like, yeah, yeah, because for Scream 6, I saw it opening night was 3D. Yeah. And then, um, and I went, the guy's like, yeah, here you go. And he didn't ask me for a ticket or anything, just grabbed my shit and went inside. I'm like, how the fuck are you guys open? (laughs) You know, but shit, whatever. I'd see, I'd see a lot more movies if we had a theater like that around here. Stroll in, that's it. I thought Atlas was going to be like that at one point, but you know, they have one person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Um, Oh. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. As always, we appreciate your support. If you're joining us on the Facebook live stream, check out Granny's PhD. Uh, join the Facebook group. we got trailers and other stories and conversations that don't make the show. Come check us out. Check out Pop Culture Pros. Check out popculturepros.com. And if you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our Pop Culture Pros at Twitter. Follow at Pop Culture Pros. And check out all the cool stuff that we got on the network, man. we got baseball. Uh, overall sports with unsportsmanlike conduct. <clears throat> Jason's running uh, double of deep dive. Uh, Jade and I will talk about something. We'll talk about it. It's on Paramount <laughs> Plus now. I think it's the perfect time to bring that shit back. It, it could be. We have a long lost episode that we need to hammer <laughs> yeah. out here. So look out for that. Um, Wait, you guys didn't finish your scream thing? No, no, we, no. We, yeah. we will though. We will. We will. We will. We will. It was. It, it was always going to be. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, 
And no, no, that's yeah, the, hey, look, I out. haven't finished James Bond yet. It's fine. <laughs> Not me. Listen, if we finish, if you finish James Bond before we finish Scream, then I think we got trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so come check us out next week. We'll be covering Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <laughs> Three. So super hyped about that. Yes, latest episode of Titans. Latest episode of The Flash. Superman, Lois, Gotham Knights, whatever. Like we'll be covering it all next week. So come check us out. Peace. Go Heat. <laughs>